What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 385th episode of the Pokemon Podcast. It's super effective. We are back. I'm your host, SBJ. Two weeks of mini-series over 10 hours of content. I think eight episodes. I fired Micah and Irene. I rehired Greg and Will. Yeah, we're back. And in my new contract, I actually get paid. Yay! (laughs) I'm so excited for our weekly paychecks. Exactly. (laughs) It's like, pay me to be your friend, Steve. Seriously. So, Sword and Shield, and when this podcast goes up, uh, will be a little, little over two weeks old. I'm sure there are some people who still have not completed the game, so don't worry too much. We're we're gonna do the same show as we always do. We're gonna tackle some Pokemon news. Then Will has our Pokemon of the week, which they'll have to remind you of because I don't remember anything about it. You always get it wrong, anyways. It doesn't matter. Correct, I'm, I'm, and I'm pretty sure I wrote it down. I I could be very wrong about that. <laughs> yeah, we we have a lot of news to come through, so uh, I'm sure we'll we'll sprinkle our thoughts and feelings of the game. You've already got all my thoughts and feelings, I think, over the last two weeks. Not much has changed for the foreseeable future. Do not worry about anything post-game. We won't talk about that, but anything up to the Champion Cup, I think, on the podcast is probably fair game. But again, I don't think we're just going to start talking about stuff. Gotta get through this news first. The gist of today's show, we have some Masters news, some Pokemon Go news, and some TCG news, as well as... Sword and Shield specific news. There's already a new event coming in Sword and Shield, but before we get to that, let's start with the TCG news. Oh, wow. In suspense for... I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> and it's TCG. It's the letdown of TCG news. Uh, no, I think I think the TCG is back. <laughs> did it ever what leave? What do you mean, back? Where did what it go? What do you go? mean, back? It's... <laughs> I mean, I swapped it out in card search, and now I'm looking for my N, or whatever that is. Yeah, N is, N is good. Okay, so there's there's two things specifically exciting about this TCG news. Uh, the, almost all our news is literally off Pokemon.com uh, this week. So this is November 27th. Galar Pokemon and Pokemon V arrive in Pokemon TCG Sword and Shield February 2020. Three months before we'll be able to play with actual the first Sword and Shield set. Uh, the last set that came out, if you're not following TCG News, is Cosmic Eclipse. Which is... I wouldn't recommend buying. No? <laughs> There's just a lot of cards in that set, so your likelihood of like pulling what you want is pretty low. Is that the one that was like the largest number of cards in any set that yeah. there's ever been? Yeah. It has the really cool uh, full art trainer and pokemon cards where oh, it's like with the, with the wheezing yes with yeah. the, we, the coughing yeah. the coughing, so just, uh, coughing. Just doesn't have roxy yeah if you, buy it as a single off tcg yes. player folks take some advice if you want those cards just buy the singles it's not worth i think buying booster packs the pull rate in the set is that set is so incredibly low uh but this is exciting so the sword and shield tcg will be launching february 7th 2020 it will include pokemon of the galar region and including pokemon v cards they're still going with pokemon v cards for that is such a bad name hey only because you made it bad no no (sighs) society made it bad yeah yeah society has a end to play in that i don't (laughs) 
<laughs> these Pokemon V cards feature <laughs> immense HP and incredible powerful <clears throat> abilities and attacks. They are also uh, they also award two prize cards when they get knocked out, which is unlike tag team cards, which award three prize cards. Uh, some can evolve into some amazingly tough Pokemon called VMAX, although be careful if one of your VMAX is knocked out, your opponents will get to take three prize cards. Among the first to be revealed were the two legendary Pokemon from the Galar region, Zacian and Zamazenta. Zacian V's Interpret Sword ability helps you find and attach metal energy from your deck, and its Brave Blade attack uses that energy to do a massive 230 damage. Zamazenta's V's Dauntless Shield ability prevents attack damage from the opposing Pokemon's VMAX, while its Assault Tackle does 130 damage and knocks off a special energy from the target. The steely might of these legendary Pokemon are unparalleled in the Pokemon TCG. I really hated that last sentence. (laughs) Uh, Well, you also hated the word intrepid. Intrepid sword. Intrepid sword. What did I say? Uh, Intrepid. Oh, my bad. (laughs) Intrepid. (laughs) I don't know what intrepid is. Okay. Can we talk, like, is this making that whole power scope thing that we talked about a long time ago even worse? Because these... Oh, 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 like, the, power what, creep? Brave, the power creep. creep. The power creepers does... rising, Greg. I got more powerful cards coming. Because, <laughs> okay, Brave Blade is 230 damage, and Zamazenta's tackle is only 130. Well, I mean, to be fair, Zamazenta's very defensive. <laughs> Not very Yeah, attacking. but there's no defenses. Like you can't stop the sword thing from wrecking house. Uh yeah, I mean there's there's counters. I mean, okay, so in the TCG they're both classified as steel Pokemon. There was debate of what these Pokemon were going to be prior to this game coming out. Uh Zashian ended up being Steel Fairy, and Zamazenta ended up being Steel Fighting. So right off the bat, uh I mean how do the type weaknesses work here? Because, like, fairy is strong against fighting, fighting yes. is strong against steel, but fairy, yes. but steel is strong against fairy. Yes, <laughs> that, is, is, that is the triangle. Zashian V and Zamazenta V aren't the only new Pokemon to enter action. You can also look forward to evolved forms of the first partner Pokemon, uh, which they officially revealed in a, in a video. Even the adorable Galarian Ponyta is ready to join the battle. That card is so cute. I, I have such a weakness for Galarian Ponyta right now. <laughs> and then finally, which leads into our Pokemon Sword and Shield news, is the first VMAX Pokemon have been revealed with two Pokemon originally discovered in the Kanto taking the spotlight. Lapras VMAX has virtually unlimited damage potential with its G-Max pump attack. Boy. Whew. Wow. We're really uh, going to move on from that, delivering 30 more damage with each water energy you attach. And at 340 HP, Snorlax VMAX features the highest HP ever for a Pokemon allowed in the competition. In addition to its battling skill, each of these cards show off breathtaking artwork of the Pokemon's Gigantamax forms. A dream will to add to any collection. Well, they use the word dream because it's Snorlax. There you go. I ruined it for you. Oh, dang. 
Well, and I guess technically Lapras can sing and put you to sleep. How, how can Lapras sing? It's a weird. I don't. That's it. Sings lizard Lapras thing with a shell sing? on its back. Yeah, Lapras what? can sing. Lapras has always been a singer. That's why it's so mad at Mister Rhyme for <laughs> in that camping picture, which my all time favorite picture from that trailer. It's like, listen, buddy. So this nobody wants your science. This was one of the early, the earliest rumors was Lapras was going to get a uh, Gigantamax form, and that did come true, and here's its Gigantamax form on a TCG card. Uh, it does some weird musical thing with its shell, and then it gets a longer neck, and then it gets, like, a musical thing that hovers around it. Not mentioned in this press release was uh, the VMAX Meowth card. Gigantamax Meowth is a thing. Also... If you have it in your copy of Pokemon Sword and Shield, collect, connect a mystery gift, go to the uh, search via internet, I think is the one, and then download your Meowth. Get your, get your free Meowth. I think you have till January 15th to get Meowth. And it's a regular Meowth. It is yep. a regular Kanto Meowth that yeah. cannot evolve, but will be able to Gigantamax into Long Meowth, and then you can payday and get yourself money. So do it's a that. Meme cat meowth is what it's called. Yes. And don't worry about trying to reset for nature because you can't. Because once you redeem it, that's it. That's the end. Because I believe it saves right before you connect, and then I think, it, or may, right right after you get it, yeah, it saves at some point. It's like the Mew from the Pokeball Plus. You can't. I need oh, to find my other Pokeball Plus. Dang it. Speaking of Pokeball Plus, can I do a public service announcement? Uh, yes. Yes. If if you would like to transfer your Pokemon from Sword and Shield onto your Pokeball Plus so you can carry that with you in order to help you play Pokemon Go, that is, I cannot say why, I have no idea why, poorly placed in the mystery gift section of your menus. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> And your Pokemon, unlike Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee, do not gain points towards leveling up when they're in the Pokeball Plus. They only earn you candies and other prizes. Boo! Some people were bummed about that. It wasn't a huge deal to me for that, because I felt like you didn't get that much experience anyways. Oh, do you don't because you don't walk six miles on a Saturday walk. morning yeah, but like it, it, I didn't, do. Didn't it cap at like 99? Like it capped at like 10,000. Well, or yeah, not ten thousand, a hundred thousand, right? That no, it was like ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine. Right, 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 right. That still gets really helps when you're trying to like level up your Pokemon and not have to grind so much. Ah, that's like that's like two extra large candies at this point. I I don't eat candy, so I don't know what that <laughs> means. My problem was I would walk, but I would continue to walk for like two months and not sink it. So I don't know what. <laughs> So like <laughs> my the, problem the, was is that I just didn't do the important part. That's not no, uh, but you have to like sink <laughs> it back and then resink it to like get the experience. But you you kept getting candy and and uh, berries and stuff forever, but the experience would cap out really quick. So I was like too like I was like ah the experience is not that big of a deal. Like I'll just the sinking part is the part I don't want to continue to do. I just want to like sink it once a month. And then reap the benefits. Once a month, reap well, the benefits of the great candy you get, Greg. You are you are such a negligent trainer. Exactly. All checking out of them once a month. Once a month, you well, check on your cats every day. I hope. 
what helps if, if somebody's in the same situation as Steve and you need a way around this, you have to develop the same mental problem that I have where I believe if I have transferred a Pokemon from the game into the Pokeball Plus, that it's not in the game anymore. And I'm not allowed to play with that Pokemon Aww. until I take it back out of the Pokeball Plus. I mean, it's true. But... So, so then I obsessively make sure that I sync it each and every time so that that Pokemon is there for me to play with in the game. It helps with like the uh, suspension of disbelief. Well, there I, you oh, go. Very, Wait, very much. I thought that when you sync it to the Pokeball Plus, it still, like, exists in the game. I it know it, it least... does. That's okay. what I'm saying. Trick yourself into believing oh, yourself. that that's Trick not yourself. true. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to this, uh, this G-Max Snorlax, because that was, that was a big new announcement. You can't say Gigantamax. That's, that's too hard for you to say. Well, just it look. is. G-Max. G- 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 G-Max. Cut it down. Are you? Uh, we gotta are save time. Are, are you? If I was to no, say, no, if I was Greg, to say Gigantamax every time, the podcast would get about twenty minutes longer. <laughs> he's he's overlapping his Twitch sponsorships into the podcast, so I he know. can glean a little extra income what that he's not going to pay. G Max with your G Fuel for crying out loud! G Max is a term in the Pokemon game. Listen, we are not. We are. Well, we have to let him do this so our paychecks get bigger. I get. No, he's going to keep the the G Fuel. Cruft himself. <laughs> I mean, we could probably get one tub for free. I'll get you free tubs. Gigantamax no, Snorlax don't. has been discovered. We now know that there is a special Snorlax among the Snorlax that you can find living in the Galar region. These Snorlax are capable of Gigantamaxing. When Gigantamaxing, these special Snorlax gain a different appearance than regular Dynamax Snorlax. And they can unleash a G-Max move called G-Max Replenish. Okay. You probably want to know what that move does. Yeah, kinda. When Snorlax is Gigantamaxed, its normal type attacks will be turned into G-Max Replenish. G-Max Replenish doesn't merely deal damage to its targets. It can restore any berries that Gigantamax Snorlax allies have eaten during battle. Uh, and it seems like including Snorlax themselves because they show a Ooh. screenshot of G-Max Snorlax using Replenish and then Snorlax getting its Citrus Berry back. I don't know. This game has been very berry focused. Yeah. Without having berry Without farming. having a berry farm. I, I do miss being able to farm berries on a reliable non-chipmunk-in-my-face way. Ugh. There was a rumor that there was going to be... Uh, the rumor was that the Torterra line was going to be the first special event added to Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield exclusively in raids. The first of, well, if we're not counting the Butterfree event because that launched with the game. And I still <laughs> don't like, have um, my Gigantamax Butterfree, although I, I saw finally, one in action last night and I wasn't too impressed. This is, I finally caught one after seven tries. This is the uh, first you know, event after the Butterfree. I think it starts in a couple days here and it goes until January. Does it? That soon? Maybe that rumor was like, maybe, (laughs) maybe they weren't wrong. I mean, Snorlax, if you only saw like a black and white silhouette of a round thing with a tree on it, you'd probably assume that that would have been Torterra. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) It would have. Although I love the design, although I, poor Snorlax, how did, so the you know is the lore the roots that like of the, our tree that big is the lore have to be wrapped around its heart right like that's just a danger right no there. no 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 it collected 
dirt because it was sleeping for so long. Oh. It collected dirt on its belly, and then the tree planted its roots in that dirt. The the tree's roots are say, not inside the Snorlax. This is the worst Detective Pikachu tie-in. Wait, this is a tie-in? <laughs> Giant Torteras. Oh, I see, I see, I see. They really, really dropped the ball. This needed to come out. We actually but. knew that, uh, or not, did I say Torterra, Snorlax? We actually Snorlax. knew that Snorlax was going to be able to be Gigantamax because the data miners did find that. Uh, they also found two other Pokemon that can be Gigantamax that are technically in the game but unaccessible right now. If you want to go look that up, you're more than able to. G- uh, the Snorlax was one of the three. I don't think the other two are that surprising, but uh, we can talk about it at a later date. I'm, sh- I'm sure they'll be announced for future events. Real conversation is, after those other two Pokemon are finally put into the game, where do they go from there? Because they're already doing Snorlax in like a week, and the Snorlax lasts till January. I guess they could bring back the Snorlax. Gigantamax, love disc for <laughs> Valentine's Day. Well, sold. So <sighs> it turns into Alamomomola. That's not Gigantamax, that's Reductamax. <laughs> I, I have a question. All okay. right. So I heard about how people are changing the time and date on their Switch uh, to get okay. Gigantamax yes. Pokemon. Is that true? Yes. That is true, and it's so garbage. That would mean to me that they can't like insert new Pokemon, that it's all pre-programmed already and set. Um, right? Yeah. So there are... Hmm. Uh, there are two Pokemon that exist in the game code where they're in the mythical spot, but surprisingly, the data miners can't figure out who they are, what they are, or what they look like. So that data has been scrubbed, but there are two Pokedex entries for mythical Pokemon that don't exist. There are a bunch uh-huh. of old legendary Pokemon that technically exist in the code, too. I'll just, for example, not to spoil a bunch, but I'll just say Mewtwo. Mewtwo is there in the code. Uh, which kind of makes sense because you can move Mew in with the Pokeball Plus, so it'd be very weird if Mew and <laughs> Mew, like Mew was in the game, but Mewtwo wasn't. Since those, oh, but let's not talk about that because is it not weird that uh, Caterpie is in the game, but Weedle isn't? Nah, nah, I don't think huh? so. I don't think so. Oh. I, it would be I, like see you, you your logic shifts to you fit your narrative, sir. You can't separate like specific Pokemon. Like you can't separate a Salgor and a Scavalier. Like they're so well, well, they requ- obviously they are not. required to evolve. Right, right. There's nothing really like at a certain point you just get you just like who just put Warple in. Who cares about Weedle at this point? They just exist well, the- as bugs. The Weedle fans. <laughs> but yeah, but you two and you are, are not... You can't separate those two. Yes, you yes, can. Yes, you certainly can. Oh, They've absolutely. been separated for years. They have not been on speaking terms since the late 70s. <laughs> what? Oh, moving on. So, uh, so Mewtwo's in the code, but there's no way to get Mewtwo, but you can see Mewtwo, and you can see... You could have saw Gigantamax Snorlax in the code. And there are apparently two mythicals in the code that are completely scrubbed out. Unless they decide to add more... Like, I don't think they're going to add any more Gigantamax Pokemon. I think the other two that are in the code are the other two. And I think they're just going to ride this out to the next Pokemon game like they always do, right? Well, I mean, that's what it seems like. I just wish they had done it differently, but sure. But then the other question is... So right now, for those uninformed, they the Pokemon company said that... You know, if you don't like autosave, if that bothers you, you can turn it off. Except in the wild area. Once you connect to the wild area, as long as you're online, autosave is on by default. 
if if that was something you don't like, don't worry, because outside the wild area, you can turn it off. It seems like in these games, well, that seems like it is in these games, that if you are in the wild area, it seems that you are able to uh, save right in front of a den and drop a wishing star into it, and that gives you a Pokemon. And each den has specific Pokemon that can spawn, and then inside, just like wild encounters in grass, a den might have a 1% chance to spawn, you know, like a Gigantamax Machamp or something. Uh, but it also, but you might, you know, just get Quillfish instead, because for whatever reason, they decided to put Quillfish into this game. So when you drop a Wishing Star in, the game will ask you to save before you drop the Wishing Star in. So you do. But if you were to hit the home button, go into your system settings and move the date one day forward. This is like weird. When you drop a Wishing Star in, the game saves, but the game doesn't also want to waste your Wishing Star. So that that portal, that den will stay lit up with its beam until you complete it or until you decide to go to a different den and drop a wishing star in and then it deletes the other one and does the new one so by moving your date one day forward the all the dens with lasers coming out of them beams coming out of them they all change at midnight so you're manually changing your game at midnight and the game has no clue so if you drop a wishing star in a den and the game saves and it ends up being Quillfish. If you just move the day forward, it's a different Pokemon. And then if you move the day forward, it's a different Pokemon. So in the matter of like 10 minutes, you can find the 1% because you're just going back and out. You're just going in and out and changing the day forward. There is one extra step in that process because you have to like kind of pretend you're doing it and then change the yeah. date. Uh, but it's th- really weird. But that's the gist of it. So the the real, I guess, conversation is... Is that something they're going to patch? Uh, because if they're supposed to be doing these events, that seems to really take away all the eventness of the events. <laughs> you know, very true. If somebody, there's always that thing of you know people hacking their games or people you know manipulating their games in specific ways to get what they want. That was like a big thing in what Gen Four, where you could manipulate the game to get a shiny Pokemon. Well, the RNG stuff for a few different yeah. versions, yeah. So it's not super... Like, if somebody was doing that in their own time, or somebody was, like, swap reading with the Magikarp, which, again, was not never... It was never intended... That was never intended in Sun and Moon and Ultra Sun and Moon. Like, they've never gone out of their way to fix that stuff. Be, but because this is affecting other players and kind of... I don't know, maybe, like, not the intended way that they probably want players to experience the raids. Is that something they fix? Yeah, I, I I don't know how they fix it, though. It is a function of the date and time of your Switch, which is a separate entity outside of your game. So how do you fix the code that has to read the physical hardware to say, oh, you've changed it today? I mean, that, I mean they have to be able to do it because they've done that for Mr. Rossetti, haven't they? Like, oh, you changed the date. Uh, so, they have an awareness of it, but yeah. there's that that was on the 3DS also. Do they have that awareness of... Because you also, right, if you change the date and time, all of your berries would stop growing for 24 hours and stuff like that. They, that was all 3DS stuff. I don't know yeah, if they've done that Yeah, I don't know how that Switch. works on the Switch. I also, mean, they if must. you change your date and time with, the, with like X and Y and stuff, it, you actually wouldn't have a chance to see Diamond Dust. Which is like only happens like two times a year, but that was something I noticed. Oh, right. um, more than two yeah. times a year, but yes. Yeah. Oh, is there diamond dust in Galar? 
Uh, I don't we'll know. Oh, oh. Mm-hmm. well, as, as of today, well, this doesn't matter for, because the podcast will go up on the second, but uh, in the wild area, it is snowing in every region on December 1st, which is really cool. So if it's December 1st in your game, every spot in the wild area will be snow, which is a very cool thing. All the snow. Very good day to hunt. Snowverse. <laughs> snowverse, snowverse, snowverse everywhere. Snover as far as the eye can see. But like the other problem with the den stuff is you can also reset, right? So let's say so you get one yeah. po- you get one Pokeball to throw, and ideally I, I don't think we know the complete catching mechanics of that, although there's speculation. But ideally, if you're in a raid with a G Max Machamp, an Ultra Ball a Pokeball is times one, a Premier Ball times one, Luxury Ball times one. And then Ultra Ball times two. And then ideally, a G-Max Machamp is just a Machamp. So as long as you have Machamp registered, because they have the same exact name in the Pokedex, a Repeat Ball, if you already have a Machamp registered, would be 3.5. Quick Ball doesn't work, because the Quick Ball would be first turn only, and you're spending your first turn battling it. Timer Ball wouldn't work, because a Timer Ball only goes in effect after 10 turns, and a raid only lasts up to 10 turns. Yeah. Uh, a desk ball should work ideally anytime after 8 p.m. But if they're classifying dens as caves, which I think they are, a desk ball should work at any time, which is 3.5. And then if it was like a Butterfree um, or a Lapras, uh, that should also be 3.5 uh, because those are water slash bug Pokemon. So ideally, the three best Pokeballs you can use are a desk ball, a net ball, or a repeat ball for catching these kind of Pokemon, and you only get one chance. So the other thing is, because you can save in front of a den, and let's say you found a 1% G-Max Machamp, you can save in front of it, you can do it, if you fail to catch it, you can hit the home button, close the game, and then go right back into the den and try it again. The other thing that people have been doing is they would invite three friends, their free, three friends can catch it, the person hosting the raid doesn't catch it after their three friends confirm to deny to to say if they've caught it or didn't catch it then they close it out open it back up invite three more friends have those three friends catch it close it out and then when they're finally done they catch it themselves or try to catch it themselves which might take a couple of resets so gosh this goes also goes against the thing they're trying to do which is the whole rating thing. And I, I, I know and I understand that G-Max Pokemon are hard to catch, but that is, that is the entire concept of what, like, the raids are, which I, I know Greg, Greg sees eye to eye because we, we play Final Fantasy fourteen. we... Yes. Mm. Yep. Like in all MMOs, endgame stuff are, well, Final Fantasy actually does probably the best because there are three different types of content for three sets of people. So they do expert dungeons, which are harder dungeons that give one set of gear and items and trophies like little minions and sometimes mounts that you can do with four people and you can run them as many times as you want. And you're getting like the lowest, like the third of the best type of gear out there. And then Final Fantasy does the next level up, which is normal raids and normal raids are for eight people. And there's usually four different normal raids, and you can get one piece of gear out of each of those raids a week. And that's it. And then there's the 24-person raids, which is the top end, which is based off of near Automata right now, which is an, it's an incredible dungeon. It's so much fun. But then you can only get one item, period, 
from that entire raid for the entire week. It resets every Tuesday. There is an incentive to come back to do the hard content, you know, for multiple weeks at a time, since you can only get one piece of gear and there's, what, 10, 16, 16 gear slots? Like, you'll play that for 16 weeks, and by the end of the 16 weeks, there's usually the next patch coming out to do more raids. And so there's content to keep you going where you're constantly hitting your friends to do different things. And so the kind of max raid stuff they're doing for Gigantamax, like with the Snorlax, is now they're going to add a new dungeon to try to find, and you're gonna it's going to be hard to catch, so that you keep trying to do that with your friends, that you keep actively seeking out those raids and actively recruiting your friends to keep engaging with the game and try to get that one. And, you know, there's benefits to getting multiples, and the game, so it's like their take on an MMO, which is interesting, and it's it's designed to keep you engaged with the game over multiple weeks until new content comes out. So it's designed to be harder for that reason. So when people bypass that, um, a company has a vested interest to try to stop bypassing getting the thing that's supposed to keep you engaged over a longer period of time. In MMOs, they generally, like, if people have an exploit that they are using to easily defeat a boss, they will patch that exploit. It's going to be much harder in this game because they actually have to figure out what that interaction looks like, what the exploit actually is, and how to combat it. I think it's more likely than not that they will patch it, but it's probably going to be not until next year, because there's so many other things that rely on date and time. Like, all of the weather resets, all of the wild area resets, like, there's a lot that changes based on that date. So fixing this one exploit means they'd have to probably rework that entire area. And I don't know if that will be worth it, depending on how many people are doing it. Because there's the biggest problem um, that they're facing is a lot of people try to enter a raid, they say, oh, that's a Pokemon that I want. And they try to connect to that raid, and that person's doing the change method. So they try to jump in, and a lot of people are constantly getting, oh, you've lost connection to that player. That raid isn't available. And well, so, yeah. so that's, yeah, getting that's like, really frustrating. It, it, it Basically, if you... Okay, this which is something that I don't do, but I've got a lot of friends on my Switch, right? If you just leave it open and you're like, I'm going to join anybody on the internet who I see is advertising, uh, seeking for a raid, and then you go in and you join their raid, and then your Switch just sits there, and it's like, well, that raid actually doesn't exist anymore because the person who opened it soft reset already, but your Switch doesn't know that, so then you're just wasting time. Yeah. Luckily, it doesn't corrupt your game, because no, <laughs> I'd be real hot about but that. But it's, it's, it's been a frustrating experience for a lot of people because they haven't been able to get into raids. Like The raid experience for people who don't have a huge friends list where they're relying on people having open raids are constantly getting messages saying, oh, you can't join that, or that didn't exist, or that stopped existing. And that, from a company standpoint, is a very frustrating experience that they don't want newer players to have. I just don't know how they're going to fix it. It's not my job to figure out how to fix it. I'm no. sure they will. <laughs> but So there's, what, 30 Gigantamax Pokemon right now? Yeah. Uh, with Snorlax, I think it's 31. So if people are resetting over and over just to you know get all 30 as quickly as possible then i guess they're done yeah it seems like a real bad way to interact with the game but 
Sure. I mean, but if that's how they want to play it, I guess that's fine. Yeah. But then are they, do they just, are they, do they just move on to a different game or do they, they keep resetting, uh, for more? I mean, I know a lot of it are people who want them for, to jump into the competitive aspect. So they're looking for specific things to prep their, yeah, but Gigantamax Pokemon are banned right now. Yeah, but that doesn't mean they're not banned from doing the battle power to get the BP points. Oh, you know, there's, sure. There's reasons to use them so you can quickly accumulate the items that you need for competitive. I I have a feeling that a lot of people who are doing it are the big competitive people who want to get a head start on figuring out what the new meta is, and they stop playing with other people they don't know anyway. So ultimately, we may see this temper down by Christmas because they'll have everything they want and now they've moved on to the parts that they enjoy and then when Christmas hits and everybody has the new games you know we'll see a flush of open raids again as a million kids open up their raids and try to try to play the game so it they you know Pokemon company may just wait to see what happens post holiday when a lot more people have the game i mean That's not true. to say that yeah. it didn't sell incredibly well i don't know <laughs> i mean they have a lot a lot of people playing this game. There's also the consideration of even even not so much G-Max Pokemon, but like shiny Pokemon. Yeah. Because you can do the same thing with a shiny Pokemon, where you enter a raid, it can be shiny, and then all of a sudden you back out because there's no penalty to backing out or losing. The raid will still stay there as long as the, you know, the time doesn't change. Yeah. And then you invite three friends, those three friends catch it, you back out, <laughs> do it again. Uh, which I don't think they want. I don't think that's... <laughs> Uh, I don't think that is the intended uh, result that they want, especially since they've uh, changed the shiny stuff in this game compared to past Pokemon games. Yeah, I I don't. Yeah, I mean, I think, again, whenever you put a game out, you never know how people are actually going to use it and try to break it. So I don't know that they had any way of preparing for this. Like, I don't know how you could foresee this as a result of people interacting with your game. I'm sure that it was just uh, we built the game this particular way, interacting this way, and now now that we see people are doing the thing, now we have to deal with that thing that they're doing. Yeah, and they may not see it as a problem, right? They may look at it and say, "That's you know what? It's their personal experience, and as long as it's not ruining it for everybody, it's not worth fixing because the fix would make it would make so many other things worse." I so, don't. Uh... There was that issue in Destiny, and I know Will remembers this, where like people figured out if you stand a certain distance away from a cave and you shoot into the cave because you were oh, like yes. because you were like the right distance away, the enemies would keep respawning. Whereas like normally in Destiny, there's a set amount of enemies in an area, you would wipe them out, you would have to like leave the whole area, come back for that to regenerate. But because the cave was generating like eight enemies, but because you were far enough away from it, it would keep generating eight enemies like nonstop that people would just shoot into this cave. And then ideally that was for them the most optimal way to get loot, even though like it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> and Bungie yeah. was like treasure cave. Please, it was the easiest way to get treasure. You didn't have to run around looking for things. Bungie fixed it because they didn't want players to play like that. Yeah. And even though those players shooting into the cave were very bitter that Bungie took away them shooting in the cave, Bungie was like, no, we don't want you to play. Like, standing in front of a cave, shooting over and over, not 
ideally the intended way to play, just like I'm assuming Game Freak is like, mm, you know, maybe the intended way to play is not turning off your system on and right. off again to get a shiny starter. How about you just pick a starter, you like that starter, you play through the game, and if you want a shiny, you know, you can breed for it. Yeah. That was clearly I mean, they, a, con- a conscious yeah. decision on their part to be like, we want our players to not turn on and off their games over and over. Please play our game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they may... So, I mean, the Destiny thing is, is you know... It, that falls in the level of an exploit. Like, you're exploiting the coding of the game to be able to do that. And it's hard to say that this is an exploit. Like, it 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 aligns enough with that, that you're exploiting the mechanics of the game that they may fix it, but it also may not be a big enough problem. And since the clock t- is tied to so many things, it may be that they'll, they're willing to allow this exploit to exist because fixing it would be very difficult. Like in the Destiny thing, they just had to fix that stupid cave, like one section, whereas this is the entire wild area and every other event that's tied to time, like the two cellars in... Ugh, what is that town's name? Something on something. Stow inside? Stow, yeah. They are tied to the day schedule. Like a lot of things are tied to that time schedule that fixing this one thing may be too much of a problem. I mean, they didn't fix swap reading. No. And they never fixed that, even right. in Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon. I don't think you can do it in Sword and Shield, because I think the breeding is different in this game. Well, I mean, the back end of breeding. You're right. But I had imagine that would be incredibly hard to fix, because, uh, what, there was like 700 Pokemon you could breed with like 700 different moves? <laughs> yeah. It's a lot. Where I think... How you fix this, I'm not saying that fixing this is easy, but you if if the if the game saved at a certain point, that would they could they could change the save time, right? Yeah, exactly. They could definitely change the save time. It would probably fix it. Uh, and I don't think that would be I mean, people would be the people that would be mad about it are the people doing this, but they did always advertise that look, autosave is consistently on in the wild area, probably because they didn't want people to do this. Uh, but it, I don't know, like like I said to my stream community, I was like, hey, look, if you want to do this, it's totally fine. Like, if you're cool yeah. with getting level 100 sh- hacked shinies from eBay, and that's truly what makes you happy in your game, cool. Uh, you know, as long as it doesn't affect me, I'm I'm fine. Like, I don't care what you do on your end. Uh, but unfortunately, like, this does affect people. Like, if, if I'm seeing, yeah. like, Alcremi raid, a G-Max Alcremi started g max alcremi ended g max alcremi started g max alcremi ended g max alcremi like i know what you're doing yeah <laughs> and i want g max alcremi but i don't want it this way <laughs> uh it's yeah it's like and then there's the other thing where you could drop a wishing star in so uh, the other thing too is like what's what's different than you saving in front of it, dropping a wishing star in, it generating a Pokemon, you soft resetting, dropping a wishing star in? Because how is that like different than like I don't know soft resetting at that point? It's a complicated mess. <laughs> Basically, yes. Yep, and I do think that the it is a fr- it is making raids frustrating. Like this process is making max raids, which I really really enjoy. I like them a lot very frustrating like it is a frustrating aspect that's happening right now because you like you see something i'm like oh i'm very excited to get that and i already their server time between you getting notifications is real wonky and people sometimes like you just like 
I'll get a text. I'm in this raid. I'm like, I, you have not appeared anywhere in my notifications. I have to disconnect from the internet, reconnect, and then hopefully you'll reappear. Like, there's already wonkiness with how you can connect to other people as it is. And this is like making that worse, which is not a fun experience or a good way to experience the game. I have issues with how they've done their online stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, when do we get to go down that road? Uh, well, here, boy, let's, oh let's, let's take a break. Okay. Uh, because there's one more thing about raids that are really wonky that I want to address. And then we can talk about online. And then uh, there are some uh, new things in this game, including brilliant Pokemon that we can talk about. And then the, uh, the post on Pokemon.com about shiny Pokemon. Uh, so we'll talk about those couple things when we come back. And then, like, when you go into a max raid. And then, like, when you go into a max raid. The things like, the things like. So loud. You're so. It is. But I love it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We are back. All right. Wait, what do you want to talk about, Will? Online stuff? Well, yes. But it's, <laughs> I, I really, I just have one I'm issue. Out. Okay. And it's like, it's almost like chaos theory because it's like the degradation of the Pokemon online experience from Gen 4, I think is where it was originally introduced, where it was reasonably usable. And it, I, it was like probably at its zenith in x and y and omega ruby and alpha okay just this is my fundamental problem i have friends on my switch the po- the pokemon game knows which are my switch friends why can't i if i want to trade a pokemon with one mm. of my friends say i want to trade a pokemon with sam Oh, the trade! I, it, see I am so Sam mad at the trade. Here, I want to trade with Sam. It's like put in a code, and if your friend puts in the same code, you're sure to match up with Baloney, yeah. Mister Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, I actually had somebody accidentally trade a Pokemon with somebody else because they didn't realize that when the trade match screen came up, that it wasn't me. Yep. So there's okay. Never thought I, I mean, I liked the GTS, but I was like, okay, it's gone, whatever. I never thought I would miss the GTS this much. It's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How the, much the, is much? Because, well, man, because the GTS is like 95% uh, looking for Mewtwo will trade level two Rattata. Right. But I could say, I have, I've bred all of these starters and I'm just looking for this particular starter and I don't care what it is. Like, I don't, you just give me whatever level, whatever, and you would get somebody else who is also breeding, and you could make that connection, just throw it up, and you could get something down, and you could look at it and say, clearly hacked, not hacked, whatever, keep or dump. In this, not only do I have no way of stating what I want, I also have to either pick a rando person from I don't know where, or try to connect with my friend using the same code, and when the screen comes up, their name is blocked. I have yeah. to go up to where it says, I have to put you my have to the cursor on the box to say then their name will show up because I'm not actively selecting a Pokemon. Plus, 
We have to try to come up with unique codes that nobody else is using. Yeah. In it's, all of the world of Pokemon players who are simultaneously playing Pokemon because it just came out and everybody's t- t- typing d- d- 3689, you know? <sighs> right. It's frustrating. Trading is so frustrating. And I understand that, like, the GCS stuff will probably be part of home, but that is still, I don't know, months away. And I'm trying no, to clean my that stupid is still vaporware. Is it what is still that vaporware. Is. <laughs> It is vaporware. And I'm just trying to clean my stupid Pokedex. And I, like, I have to sit. So Brent has things. I'm like, I'll trade you this egg. But we have a tiny window of me shouting the code at you to hope that we connect. And watching Steve on Twitch try to trade with people. It's been a nightmare. I mean, I've been trying to connect and I've never gotten you once. Okay. Not and, once. And, okay, and hold also, on. the fact, wait, 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 the fact that once you connect with somebody, if it's the wrong person, you have to go through the whole process of typing the code again and yeah. not just yeah. saying, hey, this isn't the dude I was looking yeah. for. Okay. You have to back out and redo the whole thing. It's so frustrating. It's bad. Like, Nintendo has been bad about online stuff forever, so I'm not surprised. I'm just disappointed. The whole trading thing seems very. Ha- I-, I always appreciate when when companies try something new. Was real sour on festival. I think everyone was real sour on Festival Plaza. I liked Festival Plaza. Uh, as soon as I actually dug into Festival Plaza, it's actually really amazing. Which is it is which is unbelievable. But like the problem with Sun and Moon and Ultra Sun and Moon is everyone complained how handholdy it was, which is accurate for the first True. island the first and then island. when you get to festival plaza they're like okay it's like, guess no, what you're you, on your own you complain about hand holding well good luck trying to figure this out where if anything that should have had some hand holding because if you were to invest 20 minutes in just learning the basics of festival plaza you would be like this is actually really great there's a lot of yeah. tools here for me to use it's awesome it was awesome I tried to explain that to people, and you, you all of y'all were like, no, don't. Oh, look, I spent like two weeks trying to get my Festival Plaza to level 100. I was very, uh, and I was, don't regret those two weeks trying to do it. Two whole weeks. It wasn't hard. Do one do one of their events. They gave you like six million <laughs> Festival well, those, Plaza coins. Those events are gone now. In Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee. So the problem, okay, so the, the problem with inherently with trading on the 3DS is that you had to be friends. And you could only have 100 friends. And so if you wanted to trade with people that were not your friends, you would have to upload the GTS, find them, give them the Pokemon. It's fine, but it, that is tedious. It's but, tedious, but you had control. You I don't want to trade with people who aren't my friends. I don't want to trade with strangers. So, no, stranger so danger. The greatest thing they did <laughs> in, in Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee was just give a three-digit code, Diglett, Pikachu, Jigglypuff. And you can trade with anyone. And I think that I th- while I think a three-digit code is not good enough, because I don't know how many options that gives you. Was it nine Pokemon or was it like 12 Pokemon? Or maybe it was like, I think it was 12. I think it was two rows of six. So I don't, I don't think a three-digit code is good enough, but I liked the being... I if, if you were to meet somebody in a subway, I don't... Why, why, why is this always my analogy? If you why? were to meet somebody in a subway and you both had switches... Like- the subway, the restaurant, or subway, yeah, the well, transporta- uh, well, transportation? Uh, let's pretend I took a subway to a subway, and then I was ordering a $5 foot long, and I just happened to see somebody with a switch, 
and we instead of adding that instead of adding a 12 digit code to trade with that person i could just be like hey enter enter chicken chicken roast beef and they would enter chicken chicken roast beef no, and then no, we would your whole analogy fails because that's a local trade and you just say i want to do a local trade and it's like there's only one person yeah. here doing it it works for our Slack community, though, right? Because they're all playing online. There's like 400 people in there. If they wanted to trade, a, you know, a Diglett for a Mankey, they could just no. say... What worked for our Slack community is we put up a spreadsheet, and it's like, here's everybody's <laughs> Switch codes. Everybody yeah, become friends. Yeah, but 200 people on your Switch, and there's 400 people in our Slack. Um, not everybody's into Sword and Shield. So then, in this game, they increased it for, to a four-digit code, which I still don't think is good enough. I on, uh, Like, a five-digit code would have been better. Six-digit code maybe too long. But also, why did they get rid of the Pokemon? Why couldn't it be like Pikachu, Eevee, Charizard, Cramorant, Florgis? Like, why? Because if you don't uh, know the know names why. of the Pokemon, you can't commute them, communicate them to other people. Yeah. Also, Dexit took away over half those options, Steve. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> so, the, the trading thing is frustrating. Like, I don't care that it doesn't use the friends list. Like, I don't want to scroll through 200 friends to, like, figure out who I'm trading with. It's Just not give... going to be 200. I have never seen more than 31 of my friends online at the same time on as Sword me. On Sword and Shield Day, I had 168 people of 200 people online. It was... How, right. You... How many of those people do you really care about? Correct. I, look, those if they are, haven't logged in are... a week, they're getting deleted because I got I to I gotta rotate people out. that you picked up for bits. No, I, <laughs> no one is Yo. paying to be on my friends list. Except the they one are of those... bottle capping to be on your friends list, <laughs> Mister. the The trading screen is frustrating because yes. unless you hit the plus button like twice, you do not get to see who you're trading with. So, like by default, it will show uh, like the IVs. If you hit the plus again, it will show like the moves. And then if you hit the plus again, you're seeing the only the name in the upper left hand corner what you're trading with. And there was a cool feature in past Pokemon games where you can see them scroll through their list of Pokemon before they picked one, which they don't also have. So, yes, I I fully agree that the trading system in this game is kind of botched. I do like just being able to be like, hey, you're not on my friends list, but I want to trade you something. Let's exchange a four-digit code. Although I don't think the four-digit code is good enough. I feel like there's too many possibilities where... Correct. I mean, you can pick... We have picked numbers like at random and still have gotten the wrong person. I've still managed to end up connecting to somebody in Japan and I'm like, I don't know who you are. And this is clearly not what I want. Plus, I have to like go to somewhere else to verify who you are. It's just frustrating. I mean, like, does adding does adding a one extra digit make that significantly better? I think so. Yes. I mean, it it. Anytime it becomes more complicated to make an exact match, the easier it is. But still having to communicate what that exact number is requires me to be outside of my game. So if I want to trade with Jeff or Will, they don't live in my house. I can't scream into the kitchen, type in this number. I have to text them, hey, I'm picking 17938. Yeah, and then but they have would, to put it would, in. You would have to text them anyways. Like e- even, no, because- even if you were on my friends list and we weren't talking in any way and I sent it, I go to invite you, you don't know what I want. I don't know what you want. I'm just inviting you to a trade. Yeah, but we could like, there's a mon- many ways of getting around that, like showing Pokemon and being like, hey, this hey, is yeah, what I'm offering. Yes. Yeah. Like, and you can my, see I that. have a spiritual connection with my friends and we understand <laughs> each other. That oh, okay. Way. Yeah. Will and I talk mystically 
all the time. The code thing also works for battles, where you can say, like, hey, Greg, I want to battle. My code's going to be 7297. And you would enter that, and we would battle. And I don't... I think that's fine. I think, ideally, that's okay. But I think for the trading, they did drop the ball. Yep. It's frustrating. <laughs> Very and mad about the it. The whole, like, surprise trade is... is uh, Also, can I... You have surprise trade, which is like you put a Pokemon in, you randomly get a Pokemon while you play the game, just like Wonder Trade, except you don't have to stand there. And then yep. the first option of trading is like just get matched with a random person. <laughs> yeah, which is really weird. <laughs> which is like also something you can't necessarily control. You could be like, oh, they're trying to trade me a Caterpie. I don't want that. And you could back out of the trade. But what, like, what? That's what a, a horrible experience that yeah, is, like, though. Yeah, like, like, I should just stand on the bus corner and just stand there <laughs> and stare because you're literally wasting my time. And when the bus arrives, I go, no, nah, I don't actually want to get on the bus. I just want to waste my time just standing yep. here. Why is that even an option? <laughs> the, trade, the trade in this game is just wild. And I, under, I mean, I know that it's in part because of Vaporware Home. There's got to be a better way coming up because this is just so dumb and so frustrating and i mean i'm getting by but just barely like i have to use eight other programs to be able to coordinate with a person just to get a stupid sword exclusive into my game although i did do a surprise trade and got a farfetch so that I don't, wasn't bad but wait i bred a bunch of farfetch i could have just <laughs> given you one I, well, I didn't expect it was a surprise trade. <laughs> I mean, I want I want a better one. Like, it was Garbo, but I was not expecting it. So thank you, nice person, for sending out exclusives. Six or seven days ago, there was an obvious difference, I felt like, in the wild area where everything felt less laggy. So oh, I don't... the lag! I don't know if you could... I don't know if you guys remembered that or noticed that, but... I had a lot of people tell me that, they well, they pointed it out first, and I was like, ah, I don't believe you guys. And then I did it, and I was like, oh, wow, yeah, it is significantly less laggy than the first couple days. I don't know if that has to do with they can change something server-side to, like, optimize that, or there's just less players, or everyone's just imagining this. But I do feel like at least there was a there was a point in time where... The wild area was significantly laggy as the first couple well, days, I, and then there I was a point in time where it's better. I guarantee that they had servers that they hadn't turned on yet, because if you don't need them, you don't use them until you know how many people are actually going to be using it. I mean, they do that with all MMO areas, right? Like, they're not going to turn on all the servers because it costs a lot of money to keep them running. So you're going to go with what you expect and then turn on the extras when... You know, you gauge, oh, the population is really high. And when the game drops off, they will probably turn off the extra servers to because they don't need them. But I guarantee you that they had, you know, the minimum of servers online. And then when they saw how laggy it was, they're like, okay, turn on the other ones. Let's shunt more people around. Because I have been in the area where you are on your stream and you do not ever appear. Like, oh, no, I only, see, I only see like five or six people and they're just yeah. people on their bikes not moving. Yeah, so it's it. They're clearly multiple servers. We're clearly in multiple instances to offload the uh, weight of running this game. So I I do think they turned on additional servers because the first few days going through the area, I was like, wow, this is like. I mean, it's still laggy, but it's definitely it. It was a lot worse the first couple of days. 
Well, speaking of the wild area, this is off Pokemon.com. Uh, shiny Pokemon and Gigantamax Pokemon lurk in Pokemon's Sword and Shield wild area. The sprawling wild area has a greater variety of Pokemon than anywhere else in the Galar region. It also hides secrets on how to find some of the rarest Pokemon around. If you're looking to add an ace to your battle team or a shiny Pokemon to impress your friends, some special training in the wild area is the best place to start. While searching for Pokemon with hidden abilities, high individual strengths or Gigantamax Factor, or even shiny Pokemon, you can rack up a lot of watts while you defeat brilliant Pokemon and win max raid battles. Don't forget you can also spend this currency for useful items like technical records and wishing pieces as you traverse the wild area, so keep an eye out for opportunities. Finding brilliant Pokemon can lead to finding shiny Pokemon. Some of you may see that Pokemon give off a special aura. These wonderful Pokemon are known as brilliant Pokemon, and you'll find they're typically higher level than an average Pokemon in an area. They also know an unusual move, such as an egg move, and they will have the highest possible individual strengths for at least two or three of their stats. They're talking about IVs. You will earn watts each time you defeat a brilliant Pokemon with higher level Pokemon re rewarding more watts. You can quickly find some excellent Pokemon by encountering as many brilliant Pokemon as you can. As you catch or defeat more and more Pokemon of the same species, you will gradually become more likely to find brilliant Pokemon and shiny Pokemon of that species in the future. You don't need to find these Pokemon consecutively, uh, as you can see how many times you've encountered a species by checking your Pokedex. If you've battled at least one, now I will say battled would be uh, battling in the wild, battling a trainer's Pokemon, or catching that Pokemon, uh, that would count. So just a heads up on that. If you do at least one, brilliant Pokemon may appear. You do at least 20, a brilliant Pokemon has a 1.3 times likelihood of appearing. You do at least 50, brilliant Pokemon have a 1.6 times likelihood of appearing, and shiny Pokemon have times 2 the likelihood of appearing. If you do at least 100, brilliant Pokemon times 2, shiny Pokemon times 3. If you have 200, shiny Pokemon times 4, 300, shiny Pokemon times 5, and 500, shiny Pokemon times 6. This would be catching or defeating a Pokemon in battle. Once you've encountered a species of a Pokemon 100 times, you'll max out your chance of finding a brilliant Pokemon of that species at double the original odds. The odds of finding a shiny Pokemon of that species won't max out till a whopping 500 encounters. Where which is wild. Which you'll have six times the normal odds. Those odds are still pretty long, so if you're crazy about shiny Pokemon, it's a good idea to work on completing your Pokedex and earn your shiny charm. Every time you defeat a Pokemon in the wild, you are much more likely to, much more likely than usual to see a more of a Pokemon of the same species for a short time. If you're a big fan of a certain species of a Pokemon, it might be a good idea to encounter several each time you walk through the wild area to gradually build up your odds. Plus, since you're battling the same species of Pokemon repeatedly, it's also a great way to earn specific base points for your team. Okay, let's stop there for now. Okay. 500 is a lot. That is a lot. A lot. But in DexNav, it was 901. Although in DexNav, you just had to see them. Right. So wait, can I just get a clarification again? Because that was a lot of words. Um, <laughs> 500 brilliant Pokemon or just 500, no, 500 of the same of species? species. Uh, okay. So like... But you certain ones do almost... don't appear in the overworld. Like you... Like what? Like, so, 
Finding Badu doesn't appear in the overworld almost anywhere. It's always hidden in uh, well, exclamation points. If it's super, super sunny, it will appear, I think, where Roselia appears, which is like right when you walk into the wild area, it's like a hard left. And yeah, a over corner. in the Dapple Grove. It's one time. One time. One time of day under a specific, specific... Yeah, Very I mean, Dexnav Dex is the same connection. way, though. Like, you couldn't Dexnav every single Pokemon in the game. Like, you can't Dexnav fossils. Oh, all you have to do is right. change well, the date can't... and time on your Switch, and <laughs> oh, then true. it's always that time. I know. That's, You're right. Yeah, I mean, sure. I just wish, like, breeding counted. <laughs> yeah, did breeding, did breeding count towards Dexnav? I don't remember. So, yeah, for, like, Dexnav, uh, Dexnav maxed out, like, it did, it was, like, 10... 30, 70, 101, 201, 301. So you could go up to 999 with Dexdev in Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire, but it really maxed out at 901. There was nothing past that. I don't know. So you could argue, like, this probably takes the same amount of time as Dexnav because what's the difference of, like, seeing 900 Pokemon versus seeing 500 Pokemon? One option, you're running away for 900, but this option, you're just using a one-hit KO. So it's like, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of the same if you turn off battle animations. Also, you don't have to worry about sneaking. You don't have to worry about running in a circle to make the little dex nav thing pop up. I mean, that works for, like, your example of Bidu is, like, yeah, it's good luck in the 500 Bidu, yep. but, like, Cupchu, like, oh, I can, I can, I can. Well, Cupchu comes running at you. <laughs> I, I, I can get Cupchus all day. Yeah. Things are mixed. I don't know that people, some people are saying yes, breeding did increase the dex nav, and some I people are saying no. I don't think it does. I bred like a hundred Corsola to trade to people, and I'm I'm sure if I check my Corsola Pokedex, I'm sure it's still at like three. In Omega Ruby? Oh, sorry, I'm thinking. No, in Sword yeah, and the, Shield, no, it definitely doesn't. It definitely doesn't deck in Sword and Shield, but it, if it did in the past game for dex nav, it, it said it does, but I don't know. People are mixed, and I'm not interested in looking anymore. Six times the shiny odds at 500. That means permanently for any Pokemon, let's use Cubchoo for example, any Cubchoo you run into in the future for however long you play this game will have a 1 in 682 chance of being shiny instead of 1 in 4,000. And that is without shiny charm. You are permanently increasing your odds specifically for that Pokemon. So I would, if you're going for like a whole line, like I want a Cubchoo and I want a Bear Tick, that's pretty good, I think. Uh, you're, you are. I've said this before, and I, and I. This is why I like Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee, because when you're shiny hunting in that game, even if you're not getting the shiny, or even if you break your chain, or even if you, you know, decide to turn off your switch to do some Ring Fit adventure and then turn it back on and start over, you're still being rewarded for your time. You're still getting money uh, by selling the candy you get. You're still getting experience for the team you're leveling up. You're still making that Pokemon easier to catch because, like, for example, Lickitung will be a red circle with an Ultra Ball, but eventually when you catch about, like, 85 Lickitung, it will be a green circle with an Ultra Ball. So the game is rewarding you at least three different ways, which I think is great. So even if you don't walk away with a shiny Pokemon, you at least walk away with money and experience and, in the future, a Pokemon that is permanently easier to catch. Although some people got to 31 and then they just stood there and then they complained that the game was boring. That's on you. <laughs> no one said you had to stop. You're choosing to stop. You can continue catching and you can get the three rewards I just listed. So in this, you are getting, ex you are getting experience by knocking out or catching. Uh, you are getting watts specifically if you see a brilliant Pokemon, which is currency. 
you are permanently increasing those odds forever. So just like Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee, you have to take in consideration that this is not like a sprint. This is more like a marathon where they're rewarding you over time. So in one year from now, if you decide to go back and hunt Cubchoo again, you don't have to do all that work. You already did it up front. Which yeah, is, I greatly appreciate that change that you don't have to do it like it all in one go and yeah, that you can break I mean, it up and nice. everything. The numbers are too big, but it's still it's still <laughs> like at least it respects that you put some effort in, which is important. Well, but see like the trade-off is right in Let's Go in the Let's Go games, if the Pokemon ran away from you, you broke your chain. And it's now it's like it doesn't matter if it runs away, so I don't have to like look at that animation. Yeah. Worry about that animation. One in six eighty two would be 500 plus Pokemon of a specific species. If you have the shiny charm, instead of 6 divided by 4,000, it is 8 divided by 4,000. So that brings your odds to 1 in 512. Now that is the same as Masuda. So if you have a Japanese, Korean, German ditto with an English... Oh, hey, do you have a foreign ditto? I have one. I'll try to get you... Awesome. I'll try to get you one if you need one. Cool. I need one. Okay. Masuda is 1 in 682... With a foreign Pokemon and your language Pokemon. And then with a shiny charm, it's 1 in 512. So the best shiny odds we seem to be able to get in this game is 1 in 512. Which is dramatically different than the last couple Pokemon games. <laughs> uh, because Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee was with shiny charm and with a 31 chain. And with a lure was 1 in 273. Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, Sun and Moon was 1 in 273 with a shiny charm and an SOS chain. Dexnav actually got like lower than one in two seven three, I think, with Shiny Charm and like nine hundred and one Pokemon. I don't remember the Dexnav odds off the top of my head, but I know like without Shiny Charm with a nine oh one, I think you were like one in four eighty two or something like that. And then can't remember what the chain. Well, I guess chain fishing was like one in one in one hundred and four without Shiny Charm, and then with Shiny Charm, it was like one in ninety eight. So you get pretty low, and then Wormhole was 1 in 100, uh, but it could go up to, like, 1 in 32, like, 1 in... Wormhole got really high. So they the blanket lowest odds in this game seem to be 1 in 512, so it's interesting that, like, they came up with, new, they came up with another new method. They brought back Masuda method. Maybe, like, in hindsight, I feel like Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon was, like, a really like huge goodbye to a lot of things like hey we're gonna give you a bunch of legendary pokemon we're gonna we're gonna sprinkle them out now on the switch hey we're gonna give you really good shiny odds with sos and wormhole and uh whatever else that did but we're gonna going forward we're gonna change those shiny odds again hey you're gonna have every single pokemon going forward we're gonna sprinkle pokemon throughout multiple games for you to collect them all over I don't know. That's just what it came off to me that like Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon really seemed like the greatest hits of the 3DS generation. Uh, yeah, and they're kind of they're kind of starting fresh now again, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I, but it's it's definitely something you would notice. No, I I like it because I mean I breed six bugs a day, right? And I'm mm-hmm. like, hmm, if I can just go out and like go in the wild area and catch. You know, five hundred yeah. cutie fly, or or actually not even catch. I just have to defeat five hundred cutie fly, and it's like all of a sudden my chances of getting a shiny cutie fly are better. Heck yeah, yeah. Well, why not? I mean, I still prefer breeding because 
I prefer the control. Like, I don't want to have to run around necessarily. Like, I don't mind watching cartoons while I just go around in a circle. Like, it's a lot less work for me. <laughs> but I wish that those counted. But it's probably, I mean, I don't know why they don't. Like, it's the same amount of time. Although they've made breeding so much better in this game. Tell you that oval charms saved my life. Yeah. Okay. So speaking of shinies, there's uh, we have a we have a reset your RAM issue that has been going yes. around. It's... I've reset my RAM a lot, and nothing <laughs> is happening, and I'm very mad about it. I don't know, Will, if you've heard about this. I have not. Okay. So in Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee, there was a there was a Reddit post that said like uh, Sarabi's information about. Shiny hunting is wrong, and the reason you guys are not getting shiny in Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee is because you're not resetting your RAM, and the Pokemon are stored in the RAM, and that's why you're not seeing shiny Pokemon. That post was on Reddit. Uh, There was literally no proof. There was no evidence. There was no code. The person said they talked to Kurt, which we're going to refer to here. Uh, Kurt, is their Twitter name is Calfotix. I can't say it. Uh, But Kurt and a couple other people have data mined the last couple Pokemon games. That's why we have shiny odds. It's why we know, you know, specific things. Uh, they, if you don't know, they work on PK Hex, which is the program used to hack Pokemon into your game or a program people use to get competitive Pokemon really quick without worrying about breeding or doing any of that. It's been around for a while. It's like the main thing where, like, if you get surprise traded a six IV Poke Wrist shiny ditto, Probably came from PKX. <laughs> uh, so Kurt and a couple other people, they data bind the games. They make PKX. This Reddit post a year ago about Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee came up. Somehow it spread like wildfire. People would be emailing in or tweeting me on Twitter or coming into my streams and saying like, oh, did you hear about resetting the RAM? If you're not seeing shiny Pokemon, you got to leave the area, come back, and that resets the RAM. About two days later, the person said, I made it all up. I lied. I hate Cerebi, and you guys all <laughs> fell for it. Uh, the only reason I did this was because I don't think Cerebi's reporting on the right shiny odds in this game, and I made it all up. For Ugh. weeks afterwards, people continued <laughs> coming into my stream and continued tweeting me on Twitter about how, why, why am I not resetting my RAM? Yeah, why weren't you resetting your RAM, though? Completely like fake information that with no evidence that a lot of people seem to believe and two days later i don't know why you would have believed it if there was no like code or anything kurt calphonics was like this dude never talked to me cerebi was like this guy is wrong the guy admitted that he made it all up but the initial theory of resetting your ram still ran rampant on the internet so now it comes to this. <laughs> and I here we are think, again. I think this might be worse. So in this game, there are two different shiny sparkles. So I don't know if you know this, Will. Uh, I've heard that, okay. yes. So when you throw out a Pokemon, it will either have star sparkles, very similar to Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee, or Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon. Or when you throw out a Pokemon, it will have uh, these like more square sparkles. The easiest way to see what these look like is capture a Pokemon in a luxury ball. The luxury ball sends out square sparkles. And then if your Pokemon is shiny, it will have like these square sparkles. Or it will have the star sparkles, depending. Now, Kurt tweeted, this is on November 19th, right before midnight, like at 1130. 
Shiny Pokemon rarity has been split. Same odds, 1 in 4096 to obtain a shiny, but there are two types of shiny. 15 out of 16 show stars, 1 out of 16 show squares. The square rarity is 1 in 65,536. Basically, if your trainer ID matches the PID, XOR, it will be square shinies rather than stars. That last line is really important. So, <laughs> 30 minutes later, Kurt then tweets, In a surprising twist, it looks like chain shinies are destined to be forced to be shiny uh, in such a way that the XOR results in zero squares. So under certain conditions, you are more likely to get one over the other. So everyone ignored that second tweet. I'll explain it in a second because the XOR is probably kind of confusing. It is 100% confusing. The thing that matters for this conversation is that the that Kurt tweeted one in 65,000 will be squared, which then technically he corrected 20 minutes later on Twitter in a thread. But content creators and probably some people on Reddit and Twitter took that as one in 65,000, you have a chance of getting a square shiny, not a star shiny. And if you guys remember earlier in this year, specifically on this podcast, the Pokemon company trademarked a term called ultra shiny. We reported on that news and we yeah. specifically said that this doesn't make sense to be in a future Pokemon game because they don't need to trademark that kind of things. Those kind of things. For example, they never trademarked the word Alolan. They never trademarked the word Galar. They never trademarked the word Ultra Beast. They've never trademarked Mega Pokemon for the games themselves. They have trademarked those Pokemon for merchandise and for other things that exist in the real world. For example, they trademark out of all the Alolan Pokemon that exist, there's only one of those Pokemon that have an actual trademark, and that is Alolan Vulpix. There's no trademark for Alolan Raichu. There's no trademark for any other Alolan Pokemon. Alolan Vulpix was trademarked because it is a mascot of a Pokemon Center in Japan. That has to be trademarked. So there would be no point in assuming based on everything we know, that they would need to trademark a term ultra shiny for the video game. We then found out about two months later after that news broke that the trademark for ultra shiny was for the Pokemon trading card game, which is what we assumed that it was on this very show. <laughs> and that came out in Japan. It had a collection of a bunch of shiny Pokemon. And then when it came to the US very recently, they renamed it to Hidden Fates. That is the Ultra Shiny collection that came out in Japan. Somehow, a bunch of content creators that didn't do their research took that initial term Ultra Shiny and they paired it with this one tweet from Kurt of the 1 in 65,000 and they made YouTube videos about it and they made Twitter posts about it and they made Reddit posts about it. You know, I'm not signaling out any specific content creator. And they made it real fast and they put it up of like, if your shiny has the squares, it is an ultra shiny and you should be proud that you found a shiny in the wild area that is one in 65,000. Boy, you're lucky. Not only did you find a one in 4,000 shiny Pokemon, but after that, on top of finding that one in 4,000, your Pokemon was one in 65,000 chance to be squared. All of that is wrong. <laughs> Now, there is some stuff to it. 
and there's there there like none of nothing that I've seen are people correcting this information. Uh, the most popular ultra shiny video on YouTube, which has I think over a million views or something insane like that, and nowhere does it actually break down what this was, what it should be. There's no correction to that video. A huge bummer because not only is that misleading because literally 20 minutes after the initial tweet, there was a correction. Four hours after the initial tweet, there was a more clear correction because some of the whole X, XOR and the PID is, is kind of confusing. Let me break it down. All right. So how do I get my ultra shiny? Okay. Kurt tweeted something about how there was forced encounters and they can be squared. So Michael, who works with Kurt on PK Hex, also, you know, tweeting a bunch of data mine stuff. This is this is the summary. 65,520 Pokemon out of the 65,536 initial odds that were tweeted, the one in 65,000 that I'll refer to, are forced to be squared shinies. Now, you have a 65,521 chance out of 65,536 chance that wild encounters will be squared and 15 out of 65,536 will be stars. I'll do the math for you. That's about 1 in 4,000 will be stars in the wild, in the overworld. So now to put that in perspective, people believe that squares are 1 in 65,000 and that squares are incredibly rare and therefore anytime they see squares they call it an ultra shiny which now that you know the entire information that I just gave you squares are very common <laughs> in masuda method that th- there is there is uh something different masuda method is just very simple 6 uh, 15 out of 16 pokemon will have stars 1 out of 16 will be squared So this really depends on your method. If you like to hunt in the overworld, you're almost always going to get stars. There's a very small chance, like a 1 in 4,000 chance. If you Pokemon in the overworld, sorry, you will always get squares. There's a 1 in 4,000 chance that if the Pokemon is shiny, uh, that you will be able to get stars from it. And there's a very small chance, bigger chance than in the overworld, a 1 in 16 chance where if you breed, you will get the squares instead of the stars. If you want stars, if you like the star animation, breed your heart out. If you like the square animation... Do the overworld kind of stuff. But there is, there's, the, the ultra shiny is, is a, is a fan made term that people have held on to since I think February that specifically has to do with the TCG. In this case, the, the stars are not more rare than the, the, the squares. The squares are not more rare than the stars. It just depends on what method you prefer. So I think I said that already. Right. I think that clears, does that clear it up for you guys? Kind of. There was a lot of math in there. But I believe you. <laughs> okay, which method will get me the one that I get to brag about the most? I know. Because that's all I care about. I want to be able to start a trade, show my ultra shiny to somebody, and be oh like, you gosh. can't have it, Well, that's and the close thing the is, like, the shiny colors are all the same. It's just like when it pops out of the ball, is it a square or is it a star? And that you're not going to see on the trade screen. And also, you don't get to flip through Pokemon on the trade screen anymore. So Yeah, that's very true. There you go. So I can just have to bring it to all my max rates that I can't run because people aren't running. It's it's like also it's also frustrating because like in my environment, if I'm on Twitch and I am on Twitch a lot and somebody, you You know, I have, have, you know, 300 people watching me and somebody comes in and I throw out my Yamper 
because I ran into a shiny amper and I caught it. And oh, sure you did, and, just uh, like because, that. Uh-huh. Because I caught it in the overworld, it has the squares. So people come in and they'll be like, "Oh my gosh, you got an ultra shiny!" And then I have to, you know, tell them that you know that information is not correct. You know, I try my best both on the podcast and on stream and on Twitter to provide accurate news. And to- just say yes, just say yep, I did. Yep. But, Move on. But if 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 you are a person that watches Twitch and specifically you like shiny hunting, isn't like doesn't something like trigger in your mind if you see a streamer that quote unquote has an ultra shiny? I hate using this term where it's like, oh, man, you have a <laughs> one in 65,000 chance to get that. And then you go to another streamer and they also have an ultra shiny. Then they throw out another Pokemon and that one's an ultra shiny. And then if you go to another streamer, they throw out it and then it's another. doesn't like don't you start to think like, hmm, I've watched three streamers and they all, and, and between the three, there's four shiny Pokemon and they all have squares. Doesn't that kind of like trigger no, something that goes lucky? You had your Nintendo rep hack your game for you. That's what that is. <laughs> but exactly. like there's a huge difference between not only one in four thousand, but one in sixty-five thousand to be like, oh, you have two one in sixty-five thousand you only have two shinies, and your two shinies were both one in like, don't you stop to think like Maybe they're not that rare because they're not. They're yes. <laughs> they're literally not that rare. Like any overworld Pokemon is going to be squared, except a just a one in four thousand chance that it's not. It's just unbelievable how rampant this is, and it's it's frustrating that the people who do did make videos or tweets or post about this they they haven't gone out of their way to research it. And they haven't gone out of their way to even correct that. Well, you're still not telling me how I get my Ultra Shiny. Oh, okay. Yeah. So when you hold your 3D ups, upside down, and then you, okay. you duct tape it to the back of your Switch. And then oh! you flip that upside down. I was using Gorilla Glue. Yeah, no, that's, that's the get mistake. That authentic duct tape. Dang it. That's duct tape. So there's, there's Okay, your... does the color of duct tape matter? Because there's a lot of colors now. Well, no, it's gonna be know. the silver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the original silver. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, classic. Okay, got it. Final bit of news off this shiny hunting article here off Pokemon.com. Fishing for brilliant Pokemon. You can find brilliant Pokemon by fishing in the wild area. The number of times you've battled a species will not matter. Instead, you need to defeat as many Pokemon consecutively, no matter which species appear. So from zero to two. Fishes, successful hooks, they call it. A brilliant Pokemon may appear. Three to six brilliant Pokemon will have a 1.3 times of appearing. Seven to 14, 3.3 times. 15 to 24, 6.6 times. And if you successfully hook 25 plus Pokemon by fishing, you will have a 16.6 times chance of a brilliant Pokemon appearing. So here's my big question. Because they keep saying in the wild area. So does fishing outside of the wild area not affect these? That's the very confusing part about this article because they every time they mention something, they refer to the wild area. I don't think I've seen brilliant Pokemon outside of the wild area. Oh, I have. Again. I have, okay. yeah. Because <laughs> right. there's I only one spot have. you can hunt for Feebas, and I, I was getting brilliant Pokemon every now and then while hunting for it. So if you keep Ooh, getting bites... Feedbass. I'm tired of fishing. 
If you if you keep getting bites and defeating your catches, you will start to find more and more brilliant Pokemon. But be aware, if you fail to reel in a Pokemon, if you fail to reel a Pokemon in, or you catch a Pokemon, which is a very weird mechanic. If you catch a Pokemon, run away from a Pokemon, leave the area, or turn off your game, then the chain will break. After 25 successful hooks, you will cap out over 16 times of finding of the initial odds of finding a brilliant Pokemon, so it will be rewarding to build a big streak. So this is like weird because it's like they're punishing you for catching a Pokemon in this case. Yeah, like, it's hey, real wild. You'll break your chain if you catch because like in Radar in X and Y or Diamond and Pearl, you could catch or kill. Didn't matter. A lot of people just killed because it was easier and cheaper. In chain fishing in X and Y, you could just run away. Uh, but you could catch or kill. Uh, <laughs> most people didn't do that because running away was just faster. Um, I can't think of what the other method was. But you could catch or kill and it would be fine. Um, but specifically in this, it says if you fail to reel in, catch a Pokemon, run away from a Pokemon, leave the area, or turn off your game, the chain will break. Uh, so this will get you brilliant Pokemon there's speculation that brilliant Pokemon are more likely to be shiny Pokemon, but there's nothing that suggests that, that we can find at least. I think Cerebi suggests that a, like, brilliant Pokemon have a 3% chance of being shiny, but even Cerebi says, like, we are we are not 100% sure on this. There was this weird chart, like, two weeks ago where it was, where it was the shiny, it was, like, the, the, the 1 to 500 thing we talked about earlier, plus the, the, chaining thing that's why initially when these games came out people thought you had to chain uh but then they realized the pokemon.com article said no chain fishing is separate you don't need a chain for the 500 thing so we don't fully know if you want to chain fish uh you get brilliant pokemon brilliant pokemon give you more experience brilliant pokemon give you watts brilliant pokemon have egg moves brilliant pokemon have better ivs so look if you're possibly shiny hunting a uh i don't know a basculin you're going to guarantee some perfect IVs. You're going to get some Watts. You're going to possibly have an egg move. It could possibly be shiny. Uh, you could build that 500 streak. You do you, I suppose. But at least as of now, there's no evidence that brilliant Pokemon are more likely to be shiny. That being said, I ran into one brilliant Pokemon. It ended up being a brilliant Yamper. That Yamper ended up being shiny. It also was an ultra shiny because it had squares. So I can now confirm here that brilliant Pokemon do lead to ultra shinies. Uh, and you should only... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but one for one on my end. We call that confirmation bias. <laughs> exactly. There's some stuff about Wild Area and Max Raid Battles. I think we covered Max Raid Battles. There is information here about weather changing in the Wild Area. The weather will change at midnight in your game every night. Uh, and as long as you don't change your clock, everyone will have the same weather. So if it's yep. foggy for me on Murder Island on Tuesday, it will be foggy for you on Murder Island on Tuesday as well. Murder Island is the island with a million beware. Uh, I believe they Max, also... It it's Axew Island, right? Axew Island, yeah. Right. I think it's the island because where you Because the other, have... like, there's Murder Island and there's Murder Alcove. <laughs> Murder Alcove is with all, like, the Noibats and, like... Yep. Yeah, Noibats and all the Gol... Golurks. Yeah. Golurks, Noibats, the Octo fighter that's trying to murder you when you first enter the Alcove. I um, love that Alcove so much. I'm glad I haven't gotten to any of these places. <laughs> I didn't actually know this until the article came out. You will gradually gain more and more access to the wild area when you progress through your adventure. 
so it is best to revisit when you complete major objectives. Plus, if you wander too far in the wild area, you will definitely find Pokemon so powerful that you don't you have, get wrecked. You don't have odds of defeating them until you have all eight gym badges. There will be a cap on how many uh, how many experience points very wild, very high level Pokemon in the wild area will give. For instance, for instance, you only have uh, two gym badges. Any opposing Pokemon over level 35 will give experience points as though it was a level 35 Pokemon. As you collect gym badges to trigger higher level max raid battles, with 5 star raids only becoming available once you have obtained the dragon badge. That being said, nothing is stopping a friend of yours from having 8 gym badges activating a max raid for Machamp and you joining in. You just cannot find those raids you, yourself. Yeah, you just can't yeah, And then you waste an Ultra Ball trying to catch a Pokemon that the game's not going to let <laughs> you catch that. anyways. Correct. Thank you very much. Correct. Um, I, I need one point of clarification as well. Okay. Um, I feel I, I don't have all eight gym badges. I feel like I've ridden my bicycle around the entire perimeter of the wild area. How does it get bigger? How do I get more access? Uh, the, so, once you get the water bike. Yeah, water bike lets you get to certain places you couldn't get to before. Oh, okay. So Murder Island and Murder Alcove are locked behind the bike. Uh, you won't see blizzards or sandstorms until you've reached Hammerlock. You won't see fog until you become champion. Uh, so they do hide Pokemon behind fog. I believe yes, you can only do. find Corsola and Mimikyu and a couple other Pokemon when the it is fairy. foggy. A lot of things are locked behind the fog. It's very frustrating. Having more gym badges also impact the items you get from the wild area. For example, hikers will give you items for 100 watts. The quality the quality of these items will increase when you have two gym badges. Once again, when you become a champion. That's debatable. They still give me a bunch of garbage. You will also need to become champion before certain large Pokemon appear in the wild area. So, for example, I don't think Copperaja appears until you become champion in the wild area. You will also get more watts from dens after you become champion. The While winning the max raid battles and seeking brilliant Pokemon are the best way to catch rare and powerful Pokemon, there are plenty more to do. Sometimes you can take time to have fun races in the Rotom Rally, employ the digging duo to find rare items, and camping with your friends. You can also find hidden items around the wild area on repeat visits, so keep an eye out as you explore, uh, as you continue your adventures. While the items you can see on the ground on poke, uh, on the ground in Pokeballs appear only once, you can find hidden items in the wild area again and again. I have never done the Rotom Rally. Uh, you nope, do, me the either. first two times you do it, you get TMs. Oh, what TMs? Uh, I think you TM, get TM, TM. Discharge and Thunder Wave? I don't know. You get two electric oh. teams, I think. Okay, I'll have to do it then. Dang it! You gotta do the Rotom Rally, so when you ex- when you exchange cards with people, you can flex your Rotom Rally number on your trainer card. Oh, just like I flex my curry decks of one curry made. <laughs> you gotta... Oh, well, if you finish your curry deck, something cool happens. What? You get ultra shinies? Yeah. Ultra shiny guaranteed? <laughs> Is that how I get the shiny charm? <laughs> Uh, I I have only heard rumors of what happens, but there are 151 curry. I, I really, you know, I don't think there's a rev, uh, uh, like a reference there. I don't know if 151 has any significance. It's just weird. Why would it's they pick 151? Really weird number to get. I like the curry stuff a lot. I think it's fun. I think it. I think the curry stuff 
uh, is like the best form of Pokemon Ami. Like I did zero Ami in X and Y. Uh, I did zero refresh in Sun and Moon. And then in Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, I did a little bit more refresh, especially get to get like the best friend ribbon and stuff. But man, this is like the best version of that. And for anyone saying like, no new animations, uh, boy, like those Pokemon have a ton of like different ways they move and interact with each other in the camping area. Oh, camping is fun. Camping. <laughs> and I will say this, everybody who keeps sending me Rosalia videos that people have taken on TikTok, keep sending them. They make me laugh every time. <laughs> Like seeing Rosalia is the boss of camping. Mew in the wild area is so incredible. Like they probably cut a hundred Pokemon to make Mew move around and stuff. But you'll like I was playing with um I was playing with my Kingler because uh, I got a G Max Kingler and I like really like him. He's like a cool dude and he evolves into a giant like Poseidon Santa Claus thing when it G Maxes and like Mew will just like zip right in front and like look at you and like do this little head tilt of like hello and then like rush off again <laughs> and like it, like just in the background it's just like zooming as fast as possible and then like Bisharp's just standing there like super depressed contemplating like why no one actually likes likes Bisharp and then like I like Bisharp <laughs> And then well, get like, in your camp and start being nice to it. Grimmsnarl is like the totally like that five year old in like preschool that like runs and grabs toys out of people's hands. Like you're trying to like I'm like look I'm trying to play with my I'm trying to play with my type null so I can like get it to evolve into Savali. Throw the ball and like Savali will like get all excited and start running towards the ball and here comes Grimmsnarl and it's like oh it's my <laughs> it's ball like, nope. and it's like oh, well, okay well here here's a ball for you I'll throw that over there where I switch to a different ball all right here's a ball for Type Null and it's like oh nope Grimmsnarl Grimmsnarl needs both <laughs> balls it's like get out of here man don't go do something else oh man it's it's great there's so much personality and character with all the pokemon like score bunny is like really great when it's like running around and then charmander's like hey i don't have to look i'm i don't have to impress you i'm just charmander love me and it's like nah get out of here charmander you're no score bunny the cooking stuff is great i love it i love I it a lot i am really bad at it i'm trying to figure out what i have to do to get Ooh, i am i am i am a charizard class connoisseur greg i can teach you oh okay i'm very good at knocking out that charizard class very very good at it Teach me that, and then get me an ultra shiny and a foreign ditto. Okay, I need these things from you, and get your stupid Cursula. Dang it! You yeah, are letting it. me down I left and right. Got the Cursulas. All right, let's take our last break, and then we'll do question of the week and Pokemon of the week. And do we not get to state our opinions upon these games? Ah, uh, we'll do not, not we, this week. Can we do it after the break? Ah, uh, fine. Okay. All right, we'll be right back. Hi, hello, how are you? I have a cat on me right now, so this is going to be a real awkward to record. Hopefully I can do it with one take. Here we go. If you're listening, if you've made it this far in the episode, and you know, and you're a normal listener, you know it's the beginning of the month, I do my Patreon spiel, like always, make it real short. We, unlike other podcasts, try to only keep it once a month. Start of the month, if you're interested... You've liked the Galler, ga, uh, the the Good Grief. I don't even know the name of my own podcast. If you liked Good Grief Galler, if you are looking for a Pokemon community to join, if you want to support the podcast, uh, we do have a Patreon. You can head over to patreon.com slash it's super effective or head to renew the domain isc.cash. Uh, and you can support the show for $2 a month. You can join our Slack community as almost 400 people. 
in it if you need people to trade to complete your pokedex you want to do some max raid battles you want to uh, exchange some trainer cards you want to talk about how they cut semi sage from the pokedex with other people you need to mourn we got a place for you Um, but yeah you can support the show hang out with other trainers if you're interested if you're new here this is your first time listening i hope you enjoyed this is a super long episode because you know we've had so much to cover in the last two weeks but yeah, that's it. That's pretty much it. Real easy. Patreon.com slash it's super effective. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy the last part of the episode. And we are back. Sorry, we forgot two news articles real quick. Super short. Pokemon Go news. Uh, Trakian is in raids now. And they will be in raids until... Uh, Tuesday, December 17th, the Cavern Pokemon. I do like me a Terrakion. I, of all the Swords of Justice, I think Terrakion is my favorite. That's around. It looks like they're still doing the Wednesday night raid hours, so that's probably your best bet. I completely missed out on Cobalion. I'm sorry, Sword and Shield. I priority. tried twice, and I couldn't catch it. I missed it. So. Sorry. Sorry, Jeff. I didn't, get, I didn't catch you. I'm sure it'll, it'll come, like everything in Pokemon Go. It'll come back. It'll come back. There is some Giovanni stuff in Pokemon Go, which I think we've talked about. This is Pokemon Masters news, my mistake. Yeah. Giovanni and Mewtwo, Lance and Dragonite, and Cynthia and Garchomp are coming to Pokemon Masters. Uh, the first legendary event will feature new, uh, new story stuff. You will confront Giovanni and Mewtwo. If you are able to, uh, you'll even be able to add that Giovanni and Mewtwo once you complete the event. Um, luckily, Grimsley and Lipard will be the featured sync pair later in the month. Uh, this dark type sync pair will give you advantage over Giovanni and Mewtwo. Uh, looking to a mid-December will feature the sync pairs uh, from the Indigo Plateau champion and his Pokemon Lance and Dragonite. And the Sinnoh region champion... Look, Lance wasn't the champion. He was the fourth member of the Elite Four. He lost to Blue... He was no champion. <laughs> but it was the first time they ever decided yeah. to do a champion because they had yeah. to revitalize the Elite Four. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cynthia and Garchomp uh, are in, will be added to the game. And then Rosa and Delibird and Cybul and Octillery will appear as festive costumes, which we speculated that I wonder if they're going to do like a holiday thing, and they are. So those are a bunch of new sync pairs coming. I log in about once a week and collect my gems and then not continue not playing Pokemon Masters because I still don't think it's fun. I'm still playing because the rewards are slightly better, but it's still a very ugly grind. And I often will go many, many days before I have the energy to play the game. Yeah, it's it's something. It's rough. I wonder if they'll ever do the thing where they did with Animal Crossing and they're going to add a monthly subscription to it. It's like, with your monthly subscription, you'll get 10 free pull. I don't know. With your monthly subscription, you'll get fun. As we saw with Pokemon Duel, that will that's when we will know that the game <laughs> yeah, is coming to an the end. The game is yeah. coming to an end. Which is curious. Is like, done. Does that mean Animal Crossing's on its way out if they yeah. switch to Nobody a monthly? Nobody plays that game. Boy. I think that is all the news that we have there. All right. Give me give me your thoughts, Greg. I think everyone has my thoughts about Sword and Shield, but hit me with your hit me with your thoughts. It's a solid seven out of ten. Oh gosh. We oh, live boy. in a world of no sevens. 
That's no, your we world, don't. We buddy. live in a world of seven. It's a solid seven. I so there's so many things about the game that I love, and the one thing that I always like about all my role playing games is the part I don't like about this game. The story is real bad. You don't like the story? No, I like the individual stories, but the overarching story is real bad. It ends so weird and confusingly, and... It ends weird? Did you do the post-game? Yeah. Okay. The post-game saved it some, because you get the greatest hairstyles ever put into a video game, ever. And I want those to show up at the salon, but you, I don't think they do. So the post-game's better, like, it makes it better, but the best story in the game is Bede's story. Yeah. The main story with Leon and Rose is confusing and poorly done well, and frustrating. And but it's no different than any other Pokemon story. Like, Pokemon... It, Game Freak has such a problem writing what to do with a villain. Like, they never know what to do with the villain. Correct. They don't know what to do with the villains. And th- this is particularly bad, and they particularly are bad at explaining any reasoning for what's happening at the end. Like, it, you sort of really have to try to piece together a lot of weird clues and their message is really weird at the end. Like, I just found the story to be a big letdown. Like, it's like Pokemon stories are already not at a high bar, and this came well below that bar for mm, me. But you have X and Y to compete with. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm saying it's not a very high bar <laughs> to begin with, and this comes in below it. The things that they've added to the game, like, I can't get enough of max rating. Like, Brent and I literally this weekend have sat on that couch for five hours, jumping into max raids, just nonstop. Things that I have already caught. It's like, oh, I've got this. Let's do it anyways. Because the rewards are fun. It's it's rewarding to do, even if you don't catch. There's a wide variety of things to find. Like, it's, it's not really post-game content in the fact that it is in the game from the beginning, but it's just it, that area alone makes the game have infinite life for me right now. So I was let down by the story. Most of the characters are okay. Bede and Opal are the greatest characters that they've ever written. Overall, I think it's a solid... It, it's definitely not my favorite Pokemon game. Um, they took some big risks. I don't think all of those risks paid off. Um, trading is garbage. The online part is a very good first attempt. They really need to refine it better. Max raids are super fun. The wild area for me is a lot of fun. Battling is okay. They skimped on the battle animation still, which is a bit of a letdown, especially since... Really? Have you seen Hyper Beam yeah. or Giga Impact? Or, yeah, or some of them, are, like, some of them they clearly Ball? worked on. Some of them they worked on, and some of them they didn't. Grookey's ultimate attack, like, oh, you spent a lot of time with this, but then you couldn't do the same for double hit. Like, double hit is... Yeah, I think the problem there is double hit can be on so many Pokemon. Right. It can be. It's still it's still a point of disappointment. Yeah. Like, it's still... They didn't... They did it for certain ones. And so, when you have an example of it looking really great, and you have an example of it looking not great, it makes the looking <laughs> not great even worse. Because yeah, like, well, this totally. is really disappointing. Totally. But so, I think that's a letdown to somewhat. I think it's a valid criticism that a lot of the inside battles are against a weird mystical background and not actually in an area. Like, that just feels uh, weird. It's just like the hotel battle and then the tower battle. Tower battles are the weird yeah. inside ones, I think. Well, and and a lot of the pre-gym battles are in the weird negative space. 
they're in that sort of weird, like, in the green gym, and we're in green negative space for this battle. So there's things like that that are just, like, wonky. Like, uh, why did you make this choice? So it's it's a solid game. Again, I feel like I'm getting my money's worth from it, which is all I ask for a Pokemon game at the start. I think... How dare you not ask for more? I think James Turner did everybody a favor by breaking the mold on what Pokemon can look like, because there are some really wild things in this game. And while I don't like all of them, I like the fact that we are stretching out further. I like almost all of the new Pokemon that they've introduced. I think the designs are incredible. Um, but I think if people are were looking for something absolutely fresh and new, you're not getting it in this game, but you're getting a pretty big leap. So it's a solid seven for me. It's not definitely not my favorite game. But I am having a great time with it, and I think people should give it a try. If they've only heard negative things from people complaining about the National Decks, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at how well the game actually plays and how fun it is. Um, But it's definitely not my favorite in the series. Well, I mean, for me, it's still probably too early to say, like, a firm rating and, and grade and everything, since I haven't gotten that far. I haven't finished the game. Um, I will say that I have been playing very slowly because I have not been enjoying my experience so far um, and that I was mostly disappointed with how the game plays. But I do like the art a lot. I like um, I like the backgrounds. I like the scenery and everything like that. Uh, I'm unhappy with how it displays on my TV. <laughs> and I blame you for making me get the really good TV. <laughs> It looks great on my bad TV. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> like when you have the best TV out there, Pokemon doesn't look good on it. Um, and I'm just like, yeah, I, I just, I I think the my biggest disappointment, which I'm still working on getting over, and I saw like the new Yamask actually brightened my day quite a bit because I was like, oh, it's a Gen 5 Pokemon that I like and it's a glaring form of it and that's super cute as opposed to the new Stunfisk, which is, I wish they had just not nightmare done that. Fuel. No. What? It's nightmare Fuel. It's nightmare Fuel. No, no. But just the fact that they introduced like the wild area and it's all old Pokemon and I was like, I was hoping it would be something new and fresh and it's just like, I don't, I don't want Tyrogues running after me. I don't want Snowvers <laughs> running. I just, I don't need a Vanillite, please. I've got, I, I have a hundred Vanillite. I don't need any more. So that was kind of a letdown. But the wild area gonna, does get better when you. Yeah. Get the so I'm, I'm going to keep going. I mean, I obviously have some long flights ahead of me in the next week. So <laughs> yeah, I'll just you do. sit on the plane and play Pokemon and see if I can, uh, if my opinion will change when I have some really dedicated, focused time to play it. Going back to the gym system, what were your thoughts on that, Will? Oh, I, okay, I don't, I, I, I think you're five gyms in? Yes, and I will say my favorite part of the game is the gym battles. I love the way that they did the music and the cheering and the way that yes. the cheers change as the battle goes on and the people react to the Pokemon switches and everything. I love all of that. Yeah, gyms feel fresh for a change. Yeah. Like, they feel like I'm going into a major event instead of I'm walking into some weird building to fight a guy alone and be yeah. like, well, guess what? I brought in a water type rock, so get wrecked. And I like how it's like, for like you you do the first part of the challenge and then for a lot of them you go up those stairs and you do the little high mom wave 
Yeah. Like, hey, mom, I made it. Yeah, it's it's charming. And the gyms are really charming. When you're like about to go out on the field and you go in through the entry portal and it's just like you can, you can kind of feel that excitement of I am going out onto a field yep. and thousands of people are going to watch me have this battle. That I I like all that and the, and for me the gym challenges have been ba- have been challenging. Yeah, they and were challenging a, for me. I, I think I'm a bit under leveled just because I don't feel like catching a lot of these Pokemon. So I think I'm trying to just get through the game. But uh, I I am I think my happiest thing of all of them though is that I got the game that has the good Flapple as opposed oh. to I mean the good. Uh, <laughs> Apple Dragon? I don't yeah, know what you yeah. want to call him. I got, I got Flapple, not Dum Dum or whatever uh, the other what? one's name the is. The pie <laughs> one is so much better. Oh, no. no. Yeah, I, I like both my Apple Dragon children. Um, I will say that they finally made gym leaders feel important parts of the world. Oh, they're, they're not just, people that just live in yeah, a gym. Yeah, they don't have people who live in a gym. Like They exist in the world and people know them. I also like that as you progress through the game, more people sort of like, like, oh, that's so-and-so. And they sort of talk about the gym challenge culture, which just made it more interesting to be a part of the gym challenge culture instead of, like, this thing that 10-year-olds do. Yeah. Um. So they made gyms feel Oh, a, and they have, like, gym challengers alive. of all ages. Yeah. So which that is was great. cool. Um, um, the, the diversity, like, I swear to God, they've been listening to this podcast because they fixed mom. They improved diversity, like, 100% in the world. There are multicultural people throughout this game. Um, I'm still disappointed with the number of clothing options and hair options, but that's neither here nor there. Irene was really bummed that she didn't get to say this, but that was like a huge deal to her yes. that a... I mean, Ha was always a person of color. Yeah. But to have a champion, I think this is the first yep. time we have a champion that is... Well, I mean, Iris, but that... <laughs> yeah. But like they, Iris, did, is, but a like, tough call. Iris is like a surprise, right? Like she has yeah. zero involvement in Black and White Two until like the very end. Right. Uh, but having the, I'm spoiler for Will. Uh, there's like no heel turn with Leon, right? He is a genuine good person throughout the entire game, and yep. I really expected. Yeah, I expected him not to be. I expected them to be a twist. So to have such a good champion that had involvement i don't want to hear anyone about cynthia cynthia is nowhere near the champion that leanne was to like try to Mm. help try to not only help galler but to like help you specifically and to like be a good older brother and to have like this huge face that people like love and respect uh i think is is just really great yeah i mean they have some very solid people of color who are important in the game, who are good role models. Like that's, that's a huge thing to finally do in these games. And I have to give them applause for actually creating a diverse world for a change and having the world reflect. Like I was literally shocked when my mom had the blonde hair that I chose. I was like, what? (laughs) What is, why does my mom look like me? Like it was a moment that I was like, Oh my gosh. Thank you, because then I went on Twitter and saw your post. I'm like, well, good on them. Like, And then within the first town, there was a spectrum of people. Yeah. And I could not be happier that finally everybody, like the world feels like the world and how the world should be. I'm still a little wonky about how the final, the whole ending ends, like 
everything you do. I don't want to spoil it for Will, but there's a lot of wonkiness at the end with the gym leaders. But I do like the fact oh, that, that actually, gym leader- that actually makes sense now. And somebody explained yeah. what happened to me. I'll tell you after the okay. show. But tell me like, after. Because there's, it's, like a re- it's there's like a reason the there's a different order near the the end of the bracket kind of stuff. Okay. Are you referring it's, to the bracket? Yeah, the bracket. Okay. okay. Yeah. 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 And I sort of we'll talk about it later because there's things that I have issues with. But I like the fact that the the first three gym leaders are like have an importance and they explain that importance and like. They just really did something with gyms that they started with trial captains that made gyms feel better and more refreshing. Um, and I love the ice gym leader. Uh, I love the ghost gym leader. I think like for the game, I will play sword later. So it sounds I'm like sword got the uh, sword got the short in the stick on gym leaders. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I'm curious how sword is because I really, really liked all the gym leaders in shield. Um, so I'm curious if the, I get that same feeling from Sword, but I really do think that this is a positive mood for move for gyms. I think gyms are one of the better things they've done in the game, despite some of the backgrounds being weird and wonky. But yeah, I, I think they finally gave a purpose and weight behind the gym challenge that hasn't been there before. I will say my biggest disappointment out of everything, because I said the thing that I'm happiest about, was the fact that I had pre-ordered the gold case from target and the day before the game was supposed to come out target sent me an email saying you're not going to get your game until november 25th because we are out of of stock no i I know i I heard did i tell you my experience my whole target nightmare yeah well that you went and you canceled it and told them to give you a refund and everything like that well because i went to target that morning just to buy because i was going to buy the games and in stores, they had all the steel packs. Yeah, which is and ridiculous. So I bought it and said, can I just swap? And they said, well, no, just cancel it. So then I canceled it, and they said, oh, you get an email. And then an hour later, I got the email saying, oh, we can't cancel it because we already put it out for shipping. It's already on its way to you. And I'm like, that is not... Your email saying it was on back order until the 25th was a complete lie. Exactly. It's very frustrating. It was very meta Target. But I will say this. Unlike Amazon, and Amazon is still on my list, Target went out of their way to make it up to me. So they gave me a lot of discounts. They refunded a bunch of stuff. Like, they heard that what frustrating it was. And now I know, like, they will get the steel packs in Targets. They still have a ton of them. I picked mine up. I'm happy. They fixed it. It's fine. But that initial, like, I'm not going to get the thing that I want. For to play this game, so I can go to the gala, or gala, and share my sweet cookies. Was those was cookies were problem. real good? Ooh, they were delicious. I heard a yeah, I heard a lot of horror stories about multiple people, not just Target, being like, "Yeah, we don't have it until two more weeks." Yeah. Also, whatever happened with Target and the steel books is happening with Amazon and the the player guides because the player guides were supposed to come out exactly a week after Sword and Shield. So Sword and Shield came out Friday, player guides were due, or the walkthrough player guides were due a week after, and for some reason Amazon keeps pushing it back and back, like right now it says like December 5th, and first it was like, uh, what was, I can't, I have to look at a calendar, it was like the week after, and then they delayed it by like three days, they delayed it to the Monday, Uh, so it was supposed to be the 22nd, and then they delayed it to the 25th, and now they delayed it to the 5th of 
the 5th of December, which uh, we'll probably talk about this next week. There's like a lawsuit that the Pokemon company or Nintendo, I'm not sure which one, filed. And it seems that they're trying to figure out who leaked oh, the guide. Yeah. So my only assumption, because GameStop did get them in on the 22nd. I walked into GameStop on the 21st. I was like, hey, do you guys have the player guides? And they were like, oh, we have six arriving tomorrow. Do you want to pre-order? And I was like, heck no, I don't want to pre-order. But thank you. And I walked out. It's interesting because like Barnes & Noble doesn't have them. They are also on pre-order. Interesting. Yeah, because Game- GameStop got them the day they were supposed to get them, the 22nd. So I'm curious if like the reason some of these online people got delayed is maybe Nintendo has a hunch of who was. Mm. There's only one company making the books. <laughs> so who's ever like, did they take the pictures before they got to a warehouse? Did they take the pictures at the warehouse? Because that was the whole thing is a lot of the Pokedex was spoiled either from the books or from people getting copies early. But the even even if. The people, like, regardless of whether people got the games early and posted pictures, it is very concerning that somebody who was in handling of these books, especially if they worked to make the book, they probably signed a, uh, what do they call that? Uh, NDA, non-disclosure. And NDA, and so, like, NDAs are worthless if they don't act on it. So they have to act on it to figure out who broke it. Yeah, because, like, GameStop has the one in like listed as in stores but nobody else does interesting interesting very they're cracking down yeah well, you're on that's your last all my legs. experiences was there any uh will new pokemon that stood out to you uh, i mean i do enjoy the flapple uh anything else that stood out to me was in a bad way so <laughs> it's like let me put it this way toxel you had so much promise and then oh. you became such a disappointment. Toxtricity is so popular, and like I get oh. why. I mean, if I look, if I was like sixteen years old, love yeah. toxtricity, but yeah. like it, uh, toxicity, like it's, toxicity, tox. That's what it, tox- it doesn't have an R in it. Does it? It doesn't Isn't have it, an R in it. Is there no R in it? It's toxtricity. No. Yeah, it is. Is it yeah. really? T o x t r i c. Well, toxicity is what I feel towards that Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> They're, like, like it is such a, it is such a like edge lord heavy metal head, it like, and it it, it, yeah. it completely captures that feeling. Like they did a great job with that. It's just, I think it, I, I, I'm like, yeah, that's what it is. That's cool for people that are super into that. I am out of that phase of my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, you say that, and then toxicity drags you back in. I mean, I have my top three, which you were surprised by. Yeah, I mean, the podcast hasn't heard your top three. Uh, all right, so top three. Number one, top of the charts, with a bang, Boltund, number one, best doggo. Love Boltund. Uh, number two, Caparaja. Number three, Frostmoth. Love that thing. Love it. Were you happy with how your starters evolved, everyone? I have not fully evolved my starter starters. I have all three, and I put them in a box. Cause Wait, which I one did you pick? them. Or I started one? with Sobble. Okay. You didn't like his middle? You didn't like Drizzle? I like nope. Drizzle. You didn't like Raboot? Man, Raboot is the best middle nope. starter of all time. Mostly like what Grookey's evolution's final evolution is. I just have one issue with it. Was it the hair? No. <laughs> it's the item. Oh, you don't like the drum? No. Why? Komala has like a pillow. Farfetch has a leak. No, I get that. I just wish that I wish it didn't come out of nowhere. 
<laughs> no, he puts it on his back. It's under his hair. Yeah, like yeah, his hair is- yeah. Yeah, and that that when it's on his back, it's more visible on his back, and that it would go away for moves that don't use the drum. Like it's just, I just also I think like the drum interrupts the whole look, and I'm not a fan of it. Like mm. it's fine, but I I just wish the drum wasn't always there. I just wish we'd come out for the signature move, and we would see the Pokemon more because basically all I see is drum. Whenever yeah. I look at it, and, it, and it, that bothers me some. But and, I- well, for me, I want to believe that uh, that Score Bunny's final evolution's name is Cinderace. Yeah, that's it. But well, in my brain, <laughs> I think Liberace, and oh. so I pronounce it as Cinderace. <laughs> okay, Cinderace makes me love it even more. <laughs> I am now in love with Cinderace. It does not have enough golden rings. I'm it sorry. It does not. But I will forever... I'm now going to breed Cinderace and call my male Cinderace Liberace from now on, because that is there you go. Well, absolutely amazing. Ugh, I'm still mad that I can't... <laughs> I'm still mad that I can't change their Pokeball. Uh, uh, look, it'll, it'll come eventually. Yeah. Listen no, here, future. James Turner. I know you're listening to this program. In a future... Allow future me to change. Cinderace is so like Cinderace, thank you very when, much. When when Greninja came out, like I think a lot of people liked Greninja, but I don't think anyone expected Greninja to become as popular as it is. I mean, obviously it's not passing Charizard. Charizard's the default go to starter. Uh I I'm confident that Greninja is number two on that list. I can't think of another starter that even comes close in popularity. Uh but Cinderace, like out the gate. Whether like it is, it is going to be in that competition of yeah popular. I'm surprised at how much I liked all of the starters evolutions this time around. Like, like I would be happy playing with any of them. So I'm gonna, I have to make some decisions about what I'm doing when I do my Nuzlocke Sword playthrough over Christmas break. Um, but like Brent loves the whole Sabo line, like loves it. Well, also I will say this: this is. One of the rare Pokemon games that my husband has on his own purchased after watching me play, and we've been <laughs> playing it together. Like, that doesn't happen. Usually he's like, I'll just play your spare copy. But, like, he actually, watching me play it that first day, before going to the Galar Gala, said, well, we have to go to my park, stop by a Target, because I picked up a copy. And so, because I want to play it. That's sweet. So... It was really it's it's been it's been a super fun game just that because we get to play it together like we haven't touched Final Fantasy fourteen because we've been playing this game, um so it's super fun like there's nothing else that like this game has brought more people in I think because it does feel really fun. All right, no no question of the week, but we'll do we'll do a fire round for Will and Greg here of of some new Pokemon. Okay. Um. So uh, we'll just do the lines. Uh, Salizzlepeed and Senny Scorch. Love. I like that one. Love, 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 love. Uh, Roly Coley, Carcoal, and Colossal. Great names. I'm okay with the designs. Agreed. Carcoal, really, really possibly best name of the. Carcoal is probably the best name. Yes. <laughs> best Pokemon name ever. Uh, Aerocuda and Barascuda. Love. Love that seen. design. Love, uh, love, no, love. you did, Nessa. Right? Oh, I well, I seen the first one, but okay. not the evolution. Yeah, I love Aracuda. He's very a cute. Yeah, Galler Meowth. Pass. Nah. And then it evolves into Berserker. Yeah. Eh. Meh. We have Applin Flapple and Appleton. I love them both. 
I do like me a flapple. I've only heard complaints about Appleton. Oh, man. <laughs> it's like a pie. It's really great. Yeah, it's fine. Love, I love the Nicket line, FYI. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I missed some of the early route ones. Will, what's your thoughts on the Nicket line? Uh, I, I like them better than a lot of the people who have complained about them that I've heard. What's wrong with its tail? Wow. It's, oh, it's, it's tail. like to clean Brett up was, the fingerprints. Eggs or whatever. Yeah, Brett was so mad that the tail lifted off the ground that he had to go catch a Nicket and say, I'm never evolving this. Because he loves the tail ground thing. Mm. I don't love uh, Nicket's name. It's it's oh, cute. I like that. I, I like Thievel too. Yeah, I think that's I like a good Nick name. And Thievel. I think they're good names. Um, I was surprised how much I liked Rookity. I thought Rookity was really cute. Rookity, Cor Corvusquire, yeah, and Corvanite. the whole line is really good. I like that whole yeah, line. I just what was annoying about like especially with like Snicket, Rookity, Squirrely Dude, Squaw Squavit, whatever that one was, Squavit and, Squavit and uh, Chunkster. Yeah, they, just they, they were better as Doritos. They all learned just like I almost had a team that only had dark moves, dark type yeah, moves. They learned a lot like, of dark moves really early could on. Could you which not is really put weird. some diversity into this? <laughs> and um, the number of people who are confused that Corvus Knight is not a dark type because it feels exactly. like it should be. It certainly looks not. like it. Yeah. yeah. Look, don't judge a Pokemon by the way it looks. I am. Severely torn on the blip plug line. I don't know what I think about it. Still, I haven't seen one in the wild. I battled like one, and then that's it. So, uh, still love Glossifer. That line could care less about Wooloo. Still, oh, I evolved my Wooloo. You like it? Yeah, mm, I do. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I'm okay cool. with it. It's not great. I don't uh, like Choodle. I do not like Choodle. I hate his big head. Yeah. Uh, Dreadnought's grown on me. I went from not yeah, liking Dreadnought, Dreadnought to liking Dreadnought now. Um, yeah, the Yamper line is the best line. They're the best doggos, and I will protect them forever. Milkry and Alcream, Alcremi? Um, I'm okay with. Brent loves them. I'm okay with I them. love them, too. Yeah. Uh, we did the Apple line. Uh, Galarian Farfetch and Surfetch. Cute. Have those on my team. I like Galarian Farfetch more than I like Surfetch. I think there's something very humorous about yes, Farfetch carrying a leak bigger than him. There is. Yeah. That, that is true. very cute. Um, Silicobra, Santa Cobra, uh, yeah. Boring Ooh, and weird. Uh, I do like, although I had to take it off my team because it's not very powerful, um, Hatena yeah. and then... Yes. That, whole line is that line is great. Very, They're so slow, but and they're, they're, they're like the slowest glass cannons in the entire world. <laughs> Correct, which is really bad. They're good on the... Trick theme. room. Um, Cramorant's uh, still cute. Cramorant's even better when it dives. Yeah, Cors Galarian Corsola and Cursola. Love Corsola. Eh, about Cursola. Impidimp. So wait, was that art right? Because I haven't seen that yes. one either. Yeah, really? that was actually yes. right. Yeah, it's wow. bad. I think the problem with that art because that was there. There was when when the Pokedex was leaking, there was um, people started taking the background and then taking like monsters from Deviant Art, yeah, and then like photoshopping them in. And there was like a bunch of that. And some people were doing reverse Google searches to like see if they could pull up the art and find the Deviant Art. So there was like five in a row where it was like. Oh, is this a new Pokemon? Oh, no, this is just, like, fake, because the leaks were happening so quickly. And Galarian Corsola was one of the leaks, and I looked at it, and I was like, man, that art does not look right. That just looks like right. somebody, like, it knocked down really the opacity bad. on Corsola. 
so I think I sent it to you guys, and then I sent it to yeah. Micah. The problem is like Galarian Corsola is so transparent that's not that in in like yes. the game that's not, that's why it looked fake in the Pokedex. Yep. Uh, but it does evolve I like into Corsola, but I yeah, I... Cursola. Yeah, not I'm not a fan. Then there's Impidimp, Morgrim, and Grimmsnarl. Love, love, love. No I don't know comment. if Will's no gotten comment. to Grimmsnarl. No comment. <laughs> I it was spoiled for me in the max raid battle, so That's good. Have you seen it's G Max? Yes. You don't like it either? No comment. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, I do like Hatena, Hatch yep. Hatrem, and uh Hatterene. Yep. Although uh, they're garbage in battle, at least yep. for now. Uh, I don't think anyone's going through a story with Trick Room activated. <laughs> uh, I believe, I mean, if you want your ultimate, you know, Spice Girl power couple, you'd probably have like Gardevoir, Gothitelle, and Hatcherine. Uh, I believe they also argue if you have them in the, uh, in the yes. cooking area. Yep. Together. I believe they do, yeah. They uh, went ahead and added Maractus. How do you guys feel about Maractus? <laughs> Very I like Pokemon. it. This is garbage. Uh, no, it's cute. Some would say, you garbage. know, it might be... Garbage. It is not the year of Maractus. Year so stop of Maractus. that right now. Stop. I like the little town where the Maractuses are doing the shop. Yeah. Shop. I yeah. like tinkle, the town. Tinkle, tinkle, tinkle. The town is great. Kufant and Caparaja or Kufant. Love. Love, 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 love. That's a little further than I've gotten. You saw Kufant, though. It was thrown out by Professor, or not Professor, by Rose. By Chairman Rose, yeah. yeah yep. But it's not identified by name at that point. Uh, Galarian Yamask and then uh, Runerigus. I, I haven't seen the evolution yet. Okay, but you like Galarian Yamask. Heck yeah. Okay. I am mixed on them. I am very they, mixed on them. They're growing on me. But I'm I like mixed. Galarian Yamask. I'm very surprised that Kofagrigus is in this game. <laughs> Very weird. Uh, Sinistee and Pulte, guys. I like them. I like them. I haven't seen them in game yet. Uh, Indeedy. You're about to. I am not a fan. Indeedy is really weird. Yep, I'm not a fan. I haven't seen that at all. You have. It's the one behind the counter in all Yeah, it's behind the counter in all the Pokemon centers. Oh. Yeah. Galarin Audino. (laughs) Yes, Galarin Audino. I don't think it's. I'm not a fan. I thought it was Audino too, but I don't think it gives you like a bunch of experience. Like Audino and Chansey. Like, yeah. It's very. It's a a weird Pokemon. It's weird. It's Uh, weird. I don't know how I feel about it yet. Uh, More Pico, more Peko. I don't know how to say that. Still. It's boring. It's just a. It's okay. I thought there would be more to the mechanic of the switching, and there's not. No, there's not. Yeah. Uh, Phalanx. I like. It's cute. It's fine. I don't. I haven't seen that one. Okay. Snom and Frostmoth. Love. Okay. Here's Love. the question, Greg. So it's spell. I don't know if Greg. I don't know if Will's seen this one. It's the bug nope. ice. So it's S N O M. Is it snom because it goes nom 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 because it eats a lot, or is it snome because the M is just a W upside down? It's more likely snow and worm, so it's probably snome. Yeah, I think so but too. Worm is weird, so it could be. So it's probably. I don't know. We have to hear how they say it because both are possible and both sound snome good. And snom both both sound good. I don't know that they would go with the nom 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 thing, but they've done weirder stuff. Exactly. So who knows? Yeah. But I, I do think it's much more of a snow worm 
connection um, than a snow nom connection, but I like both pronunciations, so we'll have to wait for it to appear in the anime to find out which way it is. But I love that whole line, and I was surprised, because I hate almost every bug type. <laughs> Clobopus and Grapplelock? Grapplelock, They are sorry. number four. They are number four. They have a special place in my heart. I love those designs so much. Uh, you're like one step closer to getting a wrestling. Ne- you will never cross me across that bar, but go right ahead and try. Pincurchin? Fine. I think Boring. Will would have saw this at this point? Nope. I don't think nope. so. Nope. Oh. Hasn't. Nope. Okay. Nope, nope, nope. Well, I think you're close. No, uh, you're not. Not what? at all. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. No, there's uh-uh. a sp- specific battle that somebody throws one out. There is, but it's a later than you're thinking. Is it that late? Yes, it is that late. Mm. Mr. Mime, Mr. Rhyme? Fine. The terrifying. Terrifying. That's that whole there's a whole part of the game that's just terrifying because of that Pokemon. I and I don't care for it. Stand by that Mr. Galarian Mr. Mime was not needed. It wasn't. Ice Q. Hate. <sighs> hate, but here's the thing. Hate, but I've come around to loving it because I want to breed it and then over Christmas send it out to people. So they'll be like, why is this thing here? Why why? So they can experience the hate that I felt for it. I do not like it. Duraludon, which we all, that was the thing that was shown earlier. Yeah, it's fine. It's not that interesting. Dracozolt, Acrozolt, Dracovish, Actrovish. I love the idea behind them, but I am struggling with their design. Oh man, I love all their designs. I'm st- They're growing on me, but I'm, I'm still struggling with them. And then the Dratini of this line, Dreepy, Dracloak, and Dragapult. Love. Love. Love them. Love them uh, so much. Will could have gotten the fossils at this point. I'm assuming you didn't cash in any fossils, though. Uh, I did one set and got a weird bird thing, kind of. Uh, did it have, like, a icy butt or a stegosaurus butt? Wait, it's... <sighs> Ice. It had ice, but was it like? <laughs> did it have a yellow? These are so hard to describe. Did it have a yellow top or a blue yeah. top? Okay, so you yellow. got Acrozolt, which yeah. is electric ice. Sure, that's right because it's shivering causes electricity. I read the Pokedex entry, and it has like a snot bubble because it's like so cold. Yes, yeah, because it's like yeah. a cub chew. Yeah. All right, and yeah. what in your thoughts on Acrozolt? That is not a good design. What? <laughs> it's so good. Do you know the lore behind the Pokemon? I, don't, I doubt you listen to the podcast. No, I have not. Yeah, I haven't because I didn't want to spoilers. Yeah. So, no. Okay, the quick lore is that that they couldn't find the rock half of the fossils. So, notice how the fossils... Well, this fossil isn't specifically a rock Pokemon. So it's like two fossils that they just jam together. Then that's why it's Acrozolt. Oh well, they that's they explain that. Yeah, that, that's yeah. in Galar that they just like put two pieces together and whatever yeah. we get, that's whatever what we, we get. get. I mean, and it's based off of a real event, right? Yeah, so it's yeah, yeah. Based off of the Bone Wars when they were just making dinosaurs out of whatever they could find. Yeah, basically. So, like it's 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 they're charming because of the history, but if that history didn't exist, they would be. Not 
good Pokemon. Yeah. I but think if the, they were the real the context, Pokemon, they'd be like really boring though. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, maybe. I don't know. Because there's clearly parts missing. Like a lot of them are clearly missing a middle section. Oh no. <laughs> and they also can't breed, which like makes sense because yeah. they're abominations. <laughs> they're yeah. they are abominations that should not be allowed upon this All earth. of them want to die. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> like, there's one, I think it's Acrovish, where it's like, its head's upside down, so it can't yeah. breathe properly. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, man. I love them all so much. I don't know. Uh, Draco's ult looks like it's pretty happy. <laughs> I think that's the only one that's like satisfied with its abomination that it became. Yeah. That's the only one that's oh, like, oh, this is fine. Yeah, I'm alive. I'm <laughs> back alive again. What can Whatever. I do for you? Ugh. Uh, boy. It's real rough, but it's fun. They're funny. Uh, there's I a cool little it. Easter egg between the gyms. I don't know if you've noticed this. I guess I'll point it out for Will, though. Uh, but there's a little girl. Not a little girl. It's like a last trainer. And when you go to the first couple of gyms, she is a lip bug but then when you get yes. to like the like fourth gym it's a dotler and then when you get through so like as you see her in every gym yeah like she's like going along with you on her journey but she's not a gym challenger but her like biplup like will evolve as you like go I through your did notice that it's oh, cute. yeah it's very cute yeah because uh, i talk to everybody <laughs> yeah every time I, I literally have all of the weather stones because every day i go back and i'm like i gotta talk to the weather dude because it'll only give me one <laughs> Wait, stone the weather day. dude in in Hammerlock, yeah. Wait, where in Hammerlock? If you go to the right side, where there's four houses in a row, he is the second house from the right. Oh, and I you didn't go know. in and you're like, "Do you want to hear me talk about the weather?" And then yeah. you say yes, and then he gives you a speech about the weather, and then he gives you one of the stones, and then he's like, "I've tired myself out. Come back tomorrow." And you've got to right. do that like five times. Oh, okay, because I did it the first time, and I was like, "Oh, I didn't realize he would give you another one the next day." Yeah, he's a daily event. Here's a clue. If somebody in a Pokemon game says, come back tomorrow, come back tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you haven't gotten to the big town that has a million places to go into. I spent way too much time talking to way too many unimportant people. There's also another place in the game where, like, there's a bunch of weather stones that you can pick up. Yep. I have so many stones. They're very generous of giving you evolution items in this game, and I thank you. Love it. So frustrating in previous games, and I'm so happy I have. I swear, I think I have 15 water stones at this point. Also, the cool part of this game is I was able to catch slash evolve slash breed 397 of the 400 Pokemon. The only thing I needed traded to me was the starters, so I just needed a Sobble and a Scorbunny, and then I I evolved them myself, and I was traded a Zacian, and I traded it back, but 379 Pokemon out of 400 I was able to do myself because of max raids, because of the wild area, because of, um, well, mostly max raids, because, like, for example, uh, you know, you have to attach the... The one satchel, satchet, satchel, satchet item to Spritzy and then trade it. Uh, but I just did an Aromatease raid. And like yep. Surfetch doesn't appear in my game, but somebody who was playing Sword found a Surfetch raid and I joined it and I was able to catch it. And then I bred a Farfetch. So it was that was really, really cool to do. Yeah. And I think 
that if they were to do some sort of rating feature in the future, they could probably make the games even more diverse. Because I think, what, like there's like 20 or 30 Pokemon. Not not 30. I think there's like 20 Pokemon that might be exclusive to each game. But if they really uh, wanted... That sounds about right. If they really wanted to, they could easily up that if they keep doing like a cooperative thing. Yeah. Which I, I, I hard to justify at this point why you buy very... Two similar games. Yep. I don't think the gym leaders themselves justify it or the Pokemon themselves justify it because of trading, but if they needed more reasons to signify it, they could obviously up the amount of Pokemon exclusive to each game if they wanted to. Yeah. True. I don't know. I feel like the biggest step back would be to take away a co-op feature going forward. Yes. I mean... We we are solely working towards our MMO, and I I am here for it. I'm not going to touch that can of worms because <laughs> you are you know I'm right. Will give us our Pokemon of the week. All right, last times Pokemon. Um, if you all right, let me go through the clues. If you listen to the song by, and I didn't give you guys the name of the group, but it's Pikmin Philharmonic. Um, they have a song specifically about this Pokemon. Um, there was also a, an official Pokemon song about this Pokemon, but only on the Japanese Pokemon YouTube channel. Um, the Pokemon is similar to Katamari in, a, in Katamari Damacy. Um, although not one that has gotten very far because it doesn't have a lot of stuff on it. Uh, and I thought that it had the levitate ability, but it doesn't have the levitate ability, and it is related to Phillips head screws and screwdrivers. So what would you guess was that Pokemon? It's... Magnazone. Dude, you used to play the Pikmin Philharmonic song on this podcast. I did? Long, many years ago, yes. That's the only reason I found it. <laughs> yes, it's Magnemite. I don't... Look, I can't even remember last week. I obviously... I remember things about this Pokemon from, like, episode 40. Did I say Pokemon podcast? I'm like, podcast. Oh my goodness. <laughs> this Pokemon podcast. Podcast. Is there, any, is there any trivia about Magnemite? Yeah, of course there is. Sure. It's a Gen 1 Pokemon, so it has to be uh, swimming in trivia. You are failing so hard right now. Do you need me to take over the trivia part? Is I got, that what you're saying? Uh, in the Pokemon Red and Blue beta... <laughs> Magnemite was originally known as Coil from its Japanese name. Ah, that's why the Pokemon Japanese Pokemon YouTube has the song goes, Where's Coil? Here's Coil. Oh. Uh, Magnemite, along with its evolution Magneton, were pure electric type Pokemon in Generation 1, and it became electric steel in Generation 2. Make some of the first ever Pokemon to change their typing while they progressed in of uh, while typing with the progress of generations. Uh, Magnemite, with along with Magneton, has appeared in every regional decks except for Galar. <laughs> Wop. This is due to the this is due this is due to the Sinnoh's Pokedex expansion in Platinum and Unova's Pokedex expansion in Black and White too. 
Magnemite and, Magne Magnemite and Magneton are the few Pokemon that had their cry slightly change in Generation 3. This was due to Generation 3 utilizing the sound better, uh, the sound effects game engine, and the newer game system. Oh, can we talk about that real quick? Some of the cries yeah. in, in, of Galar Pokemon, they're awful. They're, yep. they're bad. Like, they are bad. They need, like, <laughs> they need to, they need to rework that whole thing. They need to just accept and start changing cries at this point. They did it with Pikachu. It's really great. You run into a Pikachu and it goes, Pika, and you're like, yep, that's what you say, because you're a Pikachu. And you run into Eevee and it says, yeah, boy. Yep. And they changed that with Let's Go, and they further, like, cemented in history that Eevee now has gender differences and it yep. has a new cry. Why didn't they take that opportunity for Charizard? Why is Charizard yeah, just, like, backwards Goldeen? Or backwards Rhyhorn or whatever it is. Like, they need to just... I know that's a lot of work. It's like redoing all the sound stuff. I totally get it. But Game Boy imitation cries that, like, Cramorant and Wulu have are just not great. They're not memorable at all. I never pay attention to the cries anyways. Oh, you hear a lot of them when they Gigantamax, and it's like... Well, they all sound like roars to me, so whatever. I, when you Gigantamax a flat bull, it doesn't do the... of the wind coming like it does when it normally comes out, so... Yeah, I also, true. I really enjoy that if you have a flying-type Pokemon out, and or something that's flapping its wings, and you go into a menu or something, it continues to make the flapping noise. Yes. Oh, yes I didn't notice does. that. They did some very good things. There's actually no Pokemon in Sword and Shield that have the ability Magnet Pole in the game, which is uh, might change, I guess, in the future with a specific Pokemon that may or may not exist. Cough, Meltan, mm. cough. What? <laughs> Who? Who? I think that was Who? exclusive to Pokemon Go. It was a. It was. Yeah, they it were was. just a placeholder. They, they can uh, keep that ugly thing in Pokemon Go. Oh, would you stop? Um, yeah, there's only, uh, a handful of Pokemon that know Magnet Pole, including the Alolan Geodude line, Magnet Might line, Nose Pass, and Probo Pass. Uh, so, uh, a cool new feature, a little Easter egg for, for all of you guys. Uh, prior to Sword and Shield, there were only two abilities that affected the types being able to be found in the game. There was, uh, Static, that lets you find electric Pokemon more easily in the grass, and then there was Magnet Pole that lets you find Steel Pokemon more easily. Although, fun fact, it doesn't work on Honage or Dual Blade or Aegislash because Ghost cancels that out. And those were the only two types that had it. But now there is um, a Water ability, which I can't remember. A Fire ability, which I also can't remember. <laughs> uh, there's pretty much... Uh, an ability that helps you find grass and water and and uh, other Fire. types of Pokemon, yeah, in outside of battle, which is pretty great. Uh, I will try to get that list for y'all. There's no Magnet Pole, though, so there's nothing to help you find Steel-type Pokemon more easily, but I'm sure whenever they decide to do the Meltan event, because uh, they're not going to not put Meltan into this game, uh, that should fix that uh, for people. But... If you're in the wild area with uh, static, you should obviously see more electric Pokemon, apparently. I haven't tested it, but that's what the ability is supposed to do. So there's a little Easter egg or a new mechanic. I don't know what that is classified under. Uh, Will, give us our Pokemon for next week. 
All right. So originally I was going to say that this week's Pokemon is super hard mode, but, and, and definitely not for new listeners to the podcast, but I will say that anyone who has been listening very carefully will be able to get this one. Um, it is another poem, which is typically what I do for the super hard mode ones, because it's kind of like a riddle. Here I'd we go. I'd love to hear Greg groan. Look, I need to steal that book from your house to get this idea out of your head. I've got multiple books of poetry, so you I will, bring along I will, a, a wheelbarrow. I, I will do this. I will talk to the people who own your building. Whatever. Here we go. <laughs> the Greek philosophers identified seven types of love. Eros, Philia, Ludus, Pragma, Agape, Philautia, and Storge. But I cannot find a word for falling out of love. Storge, I may have felt for you before you changed, before you evolved, that change that came so soon after I met you under Apilius. Hearing me speak of you earlier, others may have assumed Eros. After everything, it was only Ludus, a prankster with my feelings. When frisked, I found nothing. A pickpocket? You saw something in my soul worth taking? Twisting agape into something demonic? In your dark hands, face spirit is tormented. No pragma between us, I have seen what you will be next. In Philautia I shall not go so far. Although, in the end, I have one more care. My philia has drawn me to seek out your beautiful final form. Gigantic and maximum, in this I may find solace. All right, there you go. There's your clues for the Pokemon of the week. Anyone will be able to get this very easily. Uh, the ability for fire Pokemon is Flash Fire. That's the only one I know there right now. <laughs> so there. So there you go. Put that Flash Fire in front of your party. Well, thank you guys for listening. This is a long episode. I think we got through a lot. I know a lot of people were dying for normal episodes to return, so we are back. Next week, we should be a little bit more caught up on news. We can address some more stuff with Sword and Shield. Uh, I don't think we're getting out of Pokemon game for like another year, so we're probably... <laughs> Really, really fine for uh, you know the next. Well, we're gonna get that Diamond get and like Pearl a, remake next year. We're, we're gonna get uh, the what is the block game? Oh shoot, with the little blocks quest the, the poke Pokemon quest. We'll get like Pokemon Quest Johto. Game Freak just loves Gen One. They don't. They don't. No one likes Gen Two. I mean, that's not true. But sure. According to Game Freak's history, they definitely don't like Gen Two. No love for Typhlosion ever. Oh, I know several people who have Typhlosion as their favorite Pokemon, and they've got some words for you. Okay. Hey, look, I'm not Game Freak. I'm, I just, I'm just the middleman here. I'm just reporting the news. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want to follow us on Twitter, at DraggingALake for mine. At White Wing for Greg, at Washing the Sink for Will, at Pokemon Podcast if you want to stay up to date with news, when the episodes drop, when I go live on Twitch, if you need some people to do max raids with or to trade with or to complete your Pokedex. Um, easier to do it probably when a bunch of people are also doing it live on Twitch so they can help you out over there. Also, I heard the Slack community is doing real awesome at helping people complete their Pokedex as well. So shout out to Slack. And, uh, yeah, we will be back next week. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, if you're an American. If you're an American. Hope you had a great Thursday if you were not an American. <laughs> and uh, is Black Friday now universal? It sounds like it. Sounds it sounds like it, it. Yeah. Well be. Sounds like it. 
So happy Black Friday, everybody. Have a I good hope you got trampled. Cyber Monday and a great, uh, terrific Tuesday and a wonderful Wednesday and another good Thanksgiving and another Black Friday. <laughs> and we will see you all next week. This has been another episode of the Pokemon Podcast, and we are super effective. Super snom 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 snom.